episode 47 uh, and I am Vader Van Oden or Charles Turner, your host today. Um, again, I have been abandoned by my co-hosts, but I am lucky enough to be joined by some spe- very special guests. Uh, we have Sam and Dean from Supernatural joining us today. Uh, say <laughs> hi, guys. Hey, it's, it's great to be here. Uh, we took a break from hunting to come and uh, show some love to the Dark Inside boys. Sam, I don't know why Thank you have you to talk about person. it like that. Oh, um, so from the uh, from what I've already gathered, you've already picked your roles. Um, <laughs> I've decided that you're Sam, Chris. Yeah, Is that was all right. Were, were you channeling Sam in that yeah. intro? <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> it's because of his illustrious hair. That's what, exactly. Yeah, that's what we we'll call it. And your enormous height that's, and stature. That's yep, right. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, you're definitely pulling off the Dean there, Stephen. Uh, so, oh, sure. so to clarify, it's not actually Sam and Dean for those who were fooled by our, our little ruse. Um, <laughs> we, we have Chris from the Chomp Chain podcast and Stephen from Monster of the Week. And Chris, you're also from Monster I'm of the Week. I'm also from that, yeah. Uh, so hey, hey, yep. Thanks for inviting us on, Vader. It's really cool to finally like, actually get to talk to you after knowing you for yeah. like almost two years. Yeah, it is. It is coming up on two years. Um, it's pretty mental. It's a shame that uh, um, the rest of the guys aren't here to talk to, but I've had enough of Jeremy by now. Cool. Yeah. Here. And Cliff yep. is too busy being angry at Neo right now. So Yes, he is. <laughs> Poor Cliff. And having, having babies and stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll just a quick um, shout out to all those who have been supporting us uh, so, so long. So I guess it is coming up on two years almost. Yeah, right. so it's been, it's been, it's crazy. been a, been a ride. It's been ups and downs and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we've had a little spike in our listener base. So we just want to say a quick thank you to all those who've joined us recently um, and hope you stick around and help us build a, a cool community. Cause it's, it's pretty fun. Uh, I really enjoy doing this. It's, it's a highlight of my week. Awesome. I hope yeah, that we don't yeah. scare them off. There's a spike. You guys are followed by a very sharp dip. I uh, <laughs> everyone well, listening go down to go back up. I <laughs> promised Vader that I would try to keep my antics under control, so we'll try to keep this to be a regular episode and not a, a chaotic mess <laughs> like I'm usually a part of. Well, you guys did well. You 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 were surprised by my supernatural intro, and you kind of went with it, yeah. and you went. <laughs> You went thrown too far out of, oh, man. out of the way. Um, but we should jump in. Before we get too much of a ramble, we should talk about the weather because that is what That's we right. do around here. Um, so, Chris, what, what's it like up your way? Is it snowstorms and blizzards? We just got past our snowstorms and blizzards. Sean was talking about this last week, how we just got slammed by like major winter blizzards. And we finally recovered from that, and we're in like record-breaking heat waves for february over here uh it's been really warm and humid today after all, all that all that trouble with shoveling all that snow and it just melted away like two weeks later so it was all for nothing but i'm sure it'll come back before uh winter is done with us 
Yep, that's, yeah, it's been a bit crazy. What about you, Stephen? You're in the you're in the lovely Florida. It never gets cold there, does it? Uh, yeah, no, not really. Uh, some people claim that it does, but no, it's, it gets it gets nice out sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's too hot or okay. Yeah, <laughs> too hot like, or bearable. Like as long like right now we're in that we're in that weird season where as long as there is a breeze, it feels good, and uh, the uh, the orange blossoms are all kind of blooming. Right now we're nearing the end of that, but well, so it smells magical. really good. It, it smells amazing outside uh, anytime you're around a, a, an orange grove. So that's yeah, my oranges nice. just started growing in Stardew Valley, so I totally know what you mean. And you know what? <laughs> but let's do, what don't oranges ripen at the start of winter? I guess you don't really have winter, so it doesn't make. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it's. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's when that's when they ripen. Then we get blossoms uh, throughout that because they start falling off and all that good stuff. So we we get like two. Uh, times where we, we get that very, very wonderful smell out around October nice. and then around this time of year, which is nice. Um, but like, it's starting to get muggy now. I'm like, great. Hell is about to move in. Cool. Goodbye. Happiness. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Beta, what about you? How's yeah. your weather? Um, it was actually a nice day. We've actually had, I think the first week of pretty much sun. So it's like the first <laughs> week solid we've had a sun for our summer. Um, See, we had a, we've had a very miserable winter uh, summer. We've had a winter during our summer. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty good today. Um, very hot today. I've been out with the kids uh, going to the school fair, my son's school fair. So we've been walking and buying candy and treats and whatnot. It's delightful. So, yeah. So there's the weather. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's got to be done. It's got to be, be done. done. The tradition. <laughs> I'm glad to finally be a part uh, of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm usually sitting there in my cubicle at work listening to you guys just Shouting out my weather, <laughs> but nobody can hear me. <laughs> kind of except for my confused oh, coworkers. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you're joining in. Um, and before we move on to what the news and what's topical at the moment, we have a special something. Uh, Jeremy was awesome enough to accidentally order two of the same thing, uh, so he's been generous enough to offer one of them up as a prize oh, for our listeners. Oh, cool! Um, and so, what it is? Uh, got it. I'm just make sure I get the title right. I think it's recently, it's a brand new yeah, release. It brand new. It's The Legend of Zelda Arts and Artifacts hardcover book. And it's it's very nice. And if no one uh, enters or doesn't do a good job, I'm just going to take it for myself. Because <laughs> um, it is very nice. Um, I don't know. I'll talk to Jeremy about that. Come on. <laughs> uh, um, so basically what we want people to do, um, if you've listened to the show before, you know uh, that I tend to Photoshop Jeremy into bizarre and odd creatures or people from <laughs> games. So the competition is uh, for you, the lovely listener, to Photoshop Jeremy um, in any way you want wow. um, and submit it uh, to us. Um, and I'll be posting them on our Facebook. <laughs> Just keep it. Yeah, not. No, nope, do we not get too dodgy with? Nope. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Johnny, really? No, nah, I think I think not PG because we want we want to, but maybe some violence. But I'd keep it maybe uh, not too sexual. Yeah, because <laughs> that might be a bit too far. But um, Jeremy is a good sport, so I'm sure he will be to- he'll tolerate any kind of shenanigans. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so if you submit those to us, uh, send them via DM or tweet at tweet at us, and I'll try and compile them and I'll load them into like a Facebook page, and we'll get people voting on them, and we will try and pick a winner. So um, I, I haven't decided how we'll choose a winner if it's going to be a, a public vote system or if us hosts will choose. I think that's a um, good filter for you right there. If it, 
if Facebook wouldn't allow it on there, <laughs> then don't put it out. <laughs> That's a very yeah. good metric. Yes, this is probably a good idea. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's the competition. So that will uh, Jeremy will post that out to the, the, the winner. Um, so be creative. Uh, don't just go the dodgy route. I'm <laughs> sure that will make a few people laugh. Um, the creativity and awesomeness will get points as well. Very cool. Um, yeah, and so if you want some inspiration, go through all our um, episode art that I've done over the last year. I think it's ever since Brian Way came on. He was a bad influence. <laughs> yeah, Vader, your, your uh, episode art has been getting better and better and better. <laughs> really, like, I love listening to the show, but I think my favorite part is getting to see whatever the uh, the podcast art's going to be. <laughs> That's what well, I, thank you. I appreciate that. Excited for. Because I don't know if people realize how much time I actually spent um, an hour ago for it. Uh, <laughs> no, hey, I, 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 I know how it goes. Like, oh my god, there's so much in this. <laughs> um, the the best is when Jeremy doesn't realize he's in it, but now he <laughs> yeah. knows it's every week. He always looks. Um, he's I've caught him out a few times in the early on um, time of it, so it's a good laugh for me. I love bringing my wife in and showing what I've done and, and then <laughs> yeah. seeing people's response. Um, the last one, last week's one, um, I, the Matrix background, I stuck in the Stardew Valley logo in the Matrix, and it's it kind of funny noticing people people didn't notice it straight away. Yeah, that was, that was a very that was good my one. little. It was, it was nice and subtle. It was my little surprise for the week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that's the competition. Uh, please enter. We want as many as possible. We want to have a good laugh about it, um, and we want uh, community buy-in and, and feedback so we can choose a good winner, a well-deserved winner, so we can send it off. If not, I'm just going to keep it for myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so maybe don't enter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, from I, I haven't seen this one personally, but I've seen the previous book in the series, uh, which is a green cover from what I remember, uh, which was about the history of Hyrule, and it's very high quality. That was a very good. Uh, book. So I'm expecting expecting the same. Yeah, Beautiful it was. Uh, work. I was flipping through this new one, and it's actually it's it's pretty awesome. Um, the fact yeah. that art books and all these types of things are popular now allows. Uh, for these older games to finally like get releases because there's never been any official re- art releases for mm. any of the older Zelda games or really any older games for that matter. Uh, so this is a super yeah. cool, like, deluxe looking uh, hardcover book, and I, it, yeah, it's very, yeah, the very, very nice. Presentation of it is very, very high quality. This is, this is super good. Yeah, stuff. wait, I was I was listening to the um, uh, Twenty Humanities. They're talking about how the Neo. Mm. Uh, strategy guides due out soon yeah. and how yeah. future press are doing it and for they do a good job and listening and following yeah. and having some of their ones for bloodborne and whatnot is it's it's pretty impressive um the the work and it's great that they're they're making it as a collector's item not just uh, a cheat guide or a how, how-to guide it's not just um you know, game facts. Mm-hmm. It's it's there's there's artwork. There's interviews. Yeah, it's, and, it's bringing yeah, it closer to like cool. an actual coffee table book. Like you know, you want to have it yeah. out. Yeah, and those are the yeah those are the selling points for these strategy mm-hmm. guides now because you can look anywhere online to find any of this information probably quicker than you could by looking it up oh, at yeah. a book. Um, but when they add in yep. the extra art and you know, make something hardcover, especially make it look good on your shelf or on your coffee table, and these interviews and stuff like the uh, Dark Souls Design Works interviews, like those are amazing. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that really sells us, and I'm psyched. I'm psyched. Can I buy all this crap? Uh, so I'm psyched that they keep <laughs> making more and more and more of it. My bookshelves are running out of space, but I buy I buy a lot of stuff I don't need. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing with books though is that there is information in them. It's not it's just uh, they look good on the shelf, uh, but there's there's still as you say, there's cool interviews and um, yeah, I like it. Um, and it's cool that these kind of I guess uh, 
pocket uh, industries are around gaming and and make cool content and it's, it's out of a passion for it from what i remember listening to epic name bro talk about his experience with future press yeah it was all about it was the love of games that that's why they were doing it um whereas some other game guide studio uh, companies don't seem to have that same focus uh, yeah. so it's cool so yeah it's a very cool book um so you get in the competition and you might be a lucky winner i can't wait to see these entries Yes. <laughs> so, um, and moving on, uh, so there's a few topics that came up. I noticed I came across uh, a cool thing. Well, I'm a bit undecided about how cool it is. <laughs> uh, on Kickstarter, there's uh, one of my favorite games as a kid was Mutant League Football. It was on the, the Sega Mega Drive. Uh, did, you guys had a different name for that console, didn't you? The Sega Mega Drive. Uh, I don't know. Was it just the Genesis here? I don't. Yes. I'm okay. I'm so like Master System. ignorant no, of uh, of how like we did have the Master System. We have the Genesis. Yeah. Like I, I have no idea how that stuff works between. What he's you. trying to say is that Genesis. we're young. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. I am very old compared to yeah, you're super old. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Mega Drive was what it was known. I think in Europe and New Zealand, but uh, the Mutant League Football. It was an American football game. Uh, Kind of similar to the sort of setting of Blood um, Blood Bowl, Bloodborne, you know, that yeah, board game, yeah, Bloodborne, yes, <laughs> that's no Bloodborne, Blood Bowl. <laughs> um, so it's American football, but there's mutants and aliens mm. and skeletons, and you can just you can disfigure people and so, destroy them and ex- implode them and whatnot. There's mines. Uh, there's um there's a, one of the fields you can play on is out of space, and you can shoulder people off, and they go flying into the abyss. <laughs> uh, it, it was one of my favorite games as a kid. I loved that game. And I actually said recently to someone, I don't know who, I can't remember where it was, but I said that I'd, why don't they remake that? I'd love to play it again. And then I saw on Kickstarter this week that it is being remade. Yeah. Cool. Sorry, you had a question there, Stephen. No. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. This is probably a very dumb question. Cause again, I'm ignorant of, of this kind of thing. I was always under the impression that mutant football, like that, that was the European version of uh, blood bowl. Like how, you know, like how, um, the Konami game, holy crap, um, Kane and Wrench just covered it. What is it called? <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh my God. It's totally slipped my mind. Uh, Contra, how Contra had like a billion different titles, uh, over in Europe. I thought this was a similar thing between Mutant League and, uh, Blood Bowl. I could be wrong. No, we'll see. But, um, uh, yeah. So Blood Bowl is a board game by Games Workshop. Um, that was a, uh, I- I, I played it as a kid, and I loved playing it with my brothers. Uh, it was very cool, and you'd, but they turned it into it was made into a PC game, but it still has the um, the board game uh, gameplay, so it's all okay. turn based. Gotcha, gotcha. And so you take turns and you move one person at a time. So it's a very strategic yeah, uh, approach. It's very fundamental. Uh, the, okay. Yes. So the the modern one. Uh, there's been two modern Blood Bowls made. There's one for the PSP. Uh, and then more recently, I think I just called it Blood Bowl 2, I think. But um, I'm tempted to get it. But it's still turn-based. Despite having 3D, mm. fancy, uh, uh, glossy graphics, it is just the turn-based oh, game. Um, I, so I actually prefer the old PC, which was on you know the old uh, three-inch discs. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that I, I really enjoy that game. Um, Whereas Mutant League Football is like, it was like Madden, yeah. but with mutants on the Mega Drive. So cool. it was full action. Uh, I loved it. It was just 
the sound effects it has like these real 80s like <laughs> like electric rock but in yeah. like the old cartridge based game kind of soundtrack still uh it was it, it was great um it's it, it, I, heaps of fun playing it. I ended up actually getting a ROM of it uh, a couple of years back and playing it on my computer, and it was a load of fun um, still. Um, so, yeah, the remaking it. So that's what I want to talk about. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting because it looks kind of good, but I had a look. It's that the original developer, the, the director, the creator of it, mm-hmm. is back doing it, and he's gone and talked about how he, people have said, why don't you make it a game? Like, it's it's... But basically, it's the, the company that or the, the publisher who owns the rights to the game have never wanted to do it. Mm. So he's never been able to get funding. So now the game he's making is called Mutant Football League. Right. Okay. <laughs> so he's just switched the football and league around. That's funny. That's very just funny. Just slip right under the copyrights. Yes. <laughs> hey, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. And he actually had a Kickstarter two, three years ago that completely flopped. Oh, no. Where were you, Vader? Uh, I don't. <laughs> but they were asking for seven hundred and fifty thousand last time, Ooh. and they only got to about a hundred. This time, they're asking for sixty and have almost doubled it. Oh wow! With ten days to yeah. go. Um, from what I understand, the last time he was just taking the concept and kind of just forcing it into and completely changing the gameplay, and mm-hmm. so it wasn't going to be anything the same. Whereas this is looking like it'll be a three D version of the original game, because the other game, because it was a Mega Drive, it was. You know, kind of that fake three D, yeah, two D sprite. So you kind of just going yeah, up, up the screen. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, so this, to be honest, the game that they had three years ago looked like rubbish. Uh, I think they were actually taking another kind of cartoony football, American football game, and making it, and then just putting the skin of Mutant League football yeah. over it. Mm. Um, which was lame. Whereas this is actually, they've actually made it from ground up. So they've actually gone away, learned from their lessons, and they look like they've made the game. And now maybe this is just kind of like your, um, these other big kind of games that have uh, gone this route, where the, the Kickstarter is more just a, a proof of concept to publishers. Yeah. Because they're only asking for 60000 Mm-hmm. Um. Public, yeah. so it's interesting. Move, yeah. The game looks pretty cool, though. You know what? The first yeah, thing I thought of when I awesome. looked at it was uh, Rocket League. I don't know why. It just mm-hmm. reminded me of Rocket League, or it gave off that vibe of that uh, pick up and play and just uh, do some random action stuff in a stadium, and then maybe the game ends. I don't know how long these games are supposed to last, but it seems like it, it was totally going in like that type of direction. Yeah. Um, it- it's always been quite easy to play. You can, in the original, you could do campaigns. They say they're going to have full, full campaign back. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm worried that they make doubling down too hard on the maiming mm-hmm. and the killing. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, this is like I like that you running could have like a field and stuff. Like this looks ridiculous. After a certain it point, it stops awesome. being it fun and it just starts being gross. Yeah. It's very chaotic, but I'm definitely keen and interested on it. And because it was one of my childhood favorites, mm. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm probably definitely going to get it. Yeah, it's, say it's coming to console, and it's expected to end of this year. Oh wow, very cool. Yeah, so, I mean, like it looks like. I mean, just from I'm kind of just seeing similar clips over and over again. But it looks like they have a game. Uh, you know, yeah. they have more than just the wireframe running. So confirmed video game. It is a video game. <laughs> yes. Um, one of the one of the interesting things is the Mutant League football spun off to Mutant League hockey. 
and you could actually get into fist fights. Like if you like annoyed someone enough by checking them, you could actually. <laughs> it would come awesome. to like you know side by side, like facing each other, and you'd have to bash the button just oh, to be awesome. like skeletons punching each other. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, again, I only brought this up because it was a childhood favorite of mine, and I said recently to someone that I wish they remade it or did something with it, and they had, they are. <laughs> I just didn't know until now. Awesome. I mean, so if there's anyone else out there from the Mega Drive so. era, um, go check it out. It's, we'll put it. We'll try and tell Jeremy to put it in the show notes. Put it in the show notes, yeah, Jeremy. Mutant football. Do it. Do it. Mutant football league MFL on on Kickstarter at the moment. We've got about eight days from when this podcast will be released for it before it ends. So yeah, very cool. Awesome. Great. That's enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just so everybody knows, uh, Stephen's gone through our show notes and put hunk every time he sees a U. Yep. And, <laughs> uh, yep. Well, hunks, sorry. It's got to be plural. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's more than one. So who, who put the no virtual consoles at launch of Force Switch? I did. Um, and I know it was joked about that I, you know, I hate Nintendo. I don't hate Nintendo. <laughs> I think it's very, very funny to to make pe- to watch people get uh, unnecessarily angry about video games on the internet, and so I push buttons sometimes. It's fun, <laughs> but um, so in like this isn't me saying like oh Switch isn't worth it, um, but like the, it's interesting to me that like one of the biggest selling points, like maybe the only selling point for the Wii U, um, and a real big one for the Wii was the Virtual Console. Um, Mm-hmm. And it's I can't imagine that they're losing money reviving those games and adapting them to whatever UI and like you know getting it to run on whatever system they're running it on. I can't imagine that's very expensive um, versus the price that they actually charge for the games. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it's profitable, so it's interesting to me that it's not going to be ready at launch. And I I wonder if that is at all because they the problem. I hesitated putting this in because I'm sure by the time this airs, Nintendo will say something like, oh, yeah, it's going to launch the month after the console drops. So, you know, I I don't know. That could very well happen uh, by the time this podcast comes out. But um, I was, you know, I was kind of kicking it through my head. Like, do they now that the company of Nintendo is, you know, they're very obviously changing a lot of their tactics now. Um, they seem to be moving in a lot of different directions. I'm wondering if at all they could move in a direction where they not so much shed off the games that they have made, because that's what Nintendo is known for is all of, you know, their old IP. Um, they're not really known for their new stuff. Um, I'm wondering if with how different this new Zelda looks and how different the new Mario looks, if they're going to try and start moving forward and stop just reselling old games. Um, obviously they, they said it's not going to be available at launch, which implies that it's going to show up eventually, obviously. And it would be, it would be insane to not have it show up eventually. Cause a lot of those games are very important and people should be able to play them. Um, I don't know. I just want to get your guys' takes. Cause I know mm-hmm. you guys, I think both of you seem, I, I don't know about you so much Vader, but I know Chris, you're, you seem to on Chomp Chain, you guys talk up Nintendo, you know, you guys seem to love that company and, and their games a little more than I do. <laughs> one and of so us does. This, yeah. One of you do. Uh, <laughs> Um, but, uh, like, you know, this, this, this even struck me as odd. Cause I'm like, man, I would think yeah. that of all of the things you wanted to launch your console with besides a Zelda game, it would be all of your old stuff too. Right. That's what people love. When the Wii first launched, that didn't have the virtual console on it, did it? 
right? I, I mean, Virtual Console no. wasn't a thing at that point. Because I just, yeah, I just remember being excited when I found out that I could finally buy and own Ocarina of Time and mm-hmm. Mario 64, because I never had an N64. I just played it at my friends' houses. So I was very excited when those things first came out. And when I bought a Wii U, I bought it with the Virtual Console in mind, even though the price of a lot of those games was kind of prohibitive, um, because they never went down in price. Meanwhile, I could uh, buy PS1 games or PS2 games on PSN for like five or ten dollars. So that was it's much more approachable. And I've gotten like every Final Fantasy game for now like a dollar on sale at different points. Um, but Nintendo never really seemed to to do that. But now with I mean there was all it's always there. It's always a money making machine because people will mm. always buy those old Nintendo games. I keep doing it. You know it just keeps happening. But with this, I wonder if it's not so much a change in direction, but more of a fact that they announced the Nintendo Switch four months ago, and now they're bringing it to market. And how much of that is just let's focus on getting these games out, and then we'll worry about all these other features. Uh, yeah. later because we're sort of rushing this to market not to say that they haven't been working on this for the last few years what the hell do i know but it may be because when i really stop and think holy crap they just announced the nintendo switch four months ago officially yeah, and now it's here actually talking about that on your most recent charm chain like yeah. how crazy the switch is coming out like next week like that's insane mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just announced it like yeah i just remember people talking time, about pre-orders like that's less time than fallout 4 had from announcement to release yeah and this is a console we're talking <laughs> this is a major investment this isn't a 60 dollars video game it's a whatever 300 dollars console 350 i don't know it's something like that well, yeah exactly um they kind of used the hype and the rumor mongering of about the switch quite well nintendo mm. they waited and waited um and created so done really well with it the mean they're quite smart and I, I completely agree chris like so uh sony and xbox they announced their consoles quite far in advance way too and way too early is the answer and they told us everything that was all these fancy mm-hmm. uh, bells and whistles mm-hmm. that were coming with mm-hmm. it and we're still just getting some of those and most of those i don't actually care about because right. yeah. i can play my games and isn't but a lot the of that they from the, isn't a lot of that from the switch that someone like stole <laughs> um because that, that was a thing that happened that one accidentally got out into the wild i don't i don't really know if any specs leaked from that at all like you know i've been i've, I've been trying not to follow it just because you know i like to be surprised by things uh <laughs> yes, game makers please stop <laughs> yeah <laughs> but so I, I'm not too. I, I think it's it's okay to have features come in later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm buying. I'm buying a Switch. Uh, I'm really excited about getting back into N- Nintendo because the only console we ever owned was the Wii because we were Mega Drive and mm. uh, went into PlayStation after that. And so I've never owned it. And so I'm really excited. My neighbor had the Super Nintendo. And we played all the games <laughs> with from him. Um, yeah, so I'm super excited to get it. And I don't want to be playing the new games. I got a shiny, expensive console. I want to be playing the right. new and shiny games. I'm not. I'm the, not the new I'm, and shiny game. <laughs> that's going to no, be. I'm actually switch. being quite impressed with the things that are coming. <laughs> All right, coming out. I, I won't get um, off on that tangent. Because <laughs> uh, they only announced in that the announcement they had a couple of weeks ago. They only talked about a few games, but ever since then, there's been more and more games mm-hmm. being. Um, announced like I I haven't actually got around to playing I am Setsu. I was just going to say that yeah, <laughs> that was one of my uh, favorites so from excited. last year, and I recently just saw that that's coming to the Switch like pretty soon, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, on release. Uh, yeah, I was going to say one. I think it's at launch that they're awesome. They're releasing. Yeah, Vader, if you haven't if you haven't played that yet, I highly recommend that. 
and and a game like that would I think was going to look great on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's something that I can take with me. Uh, um, oh yeah, like sit on sit in bed and play, and um, and that's why I want the Switch. And so I'm I'm excited, and I'm not I'm I'm keen. I'm kind of hoping they bring Skyward Sword because that's one I missed. Uh, it was at the end of the the Wii. Yeah, I missed that for the same reason. So and I, it was always so morbidly expensive. So. Yeah, uh, so I'm kind of excited and hoping that they bring it to the Switch. Um, so the not having a virtual console is not a big deal for me. Like most of the people who are diehard Nintendo fans probably have all the games on consoles that they still have sitting in front of their TV. Like, <laughs> it's not the end of the world. It's it's the same way people talk about the Xbox back, backwards compatibility. I think it's cool that they do it, but I'm not that interested in general because I would yeah. rather play new games mm-hmm. which they don't not actually bringing out <laughs> that is funny. It, it is real funny that you you compare the two because like it the virtual console games like i bought a wii u like recently because like i was able to get one for super super cheap and i wanted to play zelda and i'm i'm, I'm not gonna buy a switch just because zelda is the only game that's available on it that i'm actually interested on in um uh and so it's funny you make that comparison to xbox uh com- backwards compatibility i never actually thought of it that way that you know, when I, I played like, you know, Super Metroid, I played Link to the Past or Street Fighter uh, Alpha and all that stuff like that. Like, I'll play it for like a couple of days. I'd be like, man, I remember that being fun. It's still fun. And then I play something else. <laughs> yeah, it's very rare that I pick up an old game like that, especially through something like a virtual console mm-hmm. um, and end up just completing the whole game. Not because those games aren't fun or they aren't good <laughs> anymore. It's yeah. just that, like you, Vader, it, or there's always something new coming out that i want to play especially these last few months i've been spending way too much money on video games so Mm -hmm. i think i didn't i don't really know where i stood on this when i first read this article that you put into the notes Stephen. but now that we're talking about it i I can't really see that it matters too much i see that people are definitely uh, a little cranky about it and you know somewhat good reason but everyone's going to be playing zelda most people who are buying a switch day one are excited about zelda and the virtual console will come uh, and I'm sure there will be supplemental things in between. And w- at the end of the year, you're getting uh, a new full-on 3D Mario for the first time in many years. And, and so, I think that's really going to be the system seller. And, mm-hmm. and I, hope, I hope no one misunderstands that I'm like, oh, what is oh, Nintendo right. doing? Like, I'm not, I actually I like the idea that maybe they, they'll stop focusing on that. Because mm-hmm. I keep holding to like what is what is a meaningful new IP that Nintendo has made besides Splatoon and Pikmin recently. Arms. Arms, yeah. Have you heard of Steven? <laughs> hey, Steven, have you heard of Arms? You know what? I gotta go, guys. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I get your Jump point. I get your point. Window. They could double down and focus on making new cool things yeah. rather than focusing mm-hmm. on re- remastering old things. And that, that has been like... I'm, I'm a hypocrite because if they remaster Dark Souls, I'll get it. Oh, but I'm kind of over the remaster generation that we've had. Yeah, um, it's we've had some blaster of games. We've had some real good games, but there's been a lot of emphasis on remaking games. Um, and I, I'm like you, yeah, I, I want new stuff, and that's that's kind of my thing with Xbox. I'm a bit disgruntled because I wanted my scale bound, and I'm not getting it now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a bummer to <laughs> but see. But we're getting more games that are backwards compatible. If Nintendo was going to do a virtual... Red Dead again. Yeah. If, uh, if Nintendo was gonna do, is going to do a virtual console, of course they will. I want to see something that's different than the past virtual consoles. Mm-hmm. I want to see... Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, being able to buy games digitally and not 
have them take up your entire hard drive. Um, that's, yeah. that's a pretty, that's a pretty that's good move right there. Um, but being able to buy Wii games or even Wii U games that I missed because I got a Wii U so late to the console cycle and all the games were still full price. So I didn't really buy a whole lot of them. Uh, and all the Wii games that I missed that aren't necessarily entirely outdated. I know there's, um, Mario Galaxy 2, I hadn't played until I got the Wii yeah. U. There's a Fire Emblem game. I'm a big fan of that. I'll bring it up mm-hmm. later. Uh, and even the GameCube. If we could get a GameCube virtual console. Yeah. I know people have been oh talking God. about that. That's the thing I want. <laughs> if they were able to step up their virtual console and allow people to experience like their entire catalog, that would be a lot more impressive than being able to play the same quote-unquote retro games that we've been getting on every system since mm-hmm. uh, the Game Boy when they started re-releasing all yeah, those old exactly, NES games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't so, think I completely forgot about yeah the Game Boy Advance would have like the the Namco collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. So I just I thought it was I'm an interesting thing games. that I, I thought it was an interesting thing that I saw. I was like, huh, that's and I I saw that I'm like, man, wouldn't it be awesome if Nintendo just moved forward and stopped looking back? Like that would be great. I mean, I know they won't do that because that's where all their money is. Um, <laughs> it would be very silly for them not to do that. Uh, like financially, it would just, it would be stupid for them not to. But I I would love a focus on the future now, which it is according you know everything I've seen about the system kind of looks like what they're doing, which is exciting. Yeah. It definitely does. So it seems like the if this does well, and it sounds like from what the, all the buzz and hype, it really does sound like it is going to do well. Like it's going to have a good launch. Oh, I, hope I so. think it's good. I think it, I think it's going to kill. Like people are, like, it's going to be another Wii U. I'm like, there's no way. First of all, nothing could be as bad as the Wii U's launch. Like that was so bad. I'm not um, getting a Switch at launch, but I always get very excited about mm-hmm. Nintendo launches. I think Vader, you were talking about how you know when growing up, your neighbor had a Super Nintendo, and just the excitement of that. Of that's how all my friends were. They all had Nintendos, and I didn't. I had a PlayStation, which was cool, but you didn't get a lot of those like fun, kid-friendly games. Yeah. Which, as a kid, that's what you want. You don't want uh, weird, strange JRPGs. You want fun, you know, Super Mario, whatever. Uh, so every time a new Nintendo thing comes, uh, last year when I got my Wii U, there's just this uh, like feeling of like childish excitement about being able to to play these games again and it would be cool or um, it, it is cool that even as somebody who's not buying a switch i'm still sort of getting that kind of fun giddy feeling like my co-host joe from chomp chain like he's gonna get one on launch and i'm like excited to go over his house and play it like when we were kids uh and it's mm. i didn't get that when i bought my ps4 i was very excited for it but it was a total different kind of excitement it was a um next big game type of thing like my my playstations are my way to play new games if they, they if developers kept making games on ps3 i would have just stayed on ps3 it, it, it's not really that big of a deal it's all about the games for me yep. but when it comes to nintendo there is an aspect of sort of childhood fun and that is that's the looking back part of it um and i can't i can't change that i don't think i, don't, I can't change the excitement that it instills in me but it would still be cool to see them uh actually move forward like you're saying steven but anyway yeah not to yeah. stay on this too long. Yeah. A friend of mine um, who always says, if Nintendo, uh, if Nintendo stopped making games, the gaming industry would be a very sad place. I think oh, you're right. Even when it's um, uh, even when it's failing, it's still an important contrast to the rest of the industry. I think. Oh, yeah. absolutely! Like, I think going into GameStop, like after I bought my Wii U, like. Chris, you hit on like that, that childish kind of like giddiness. Like mm-hmm. I was able to go into the store and I went over to the Wii U section. I'm like, man, this, these are all just so happy. Yeah. Like I bought Yoshi's Woolly <laughs> World. Like that's not a that's not a great game, 
but it's a super fun game and like it's so lighthearted like you know to be able to pop that in and like look at a game that looks like that and it plays well and like it's just it is nothing but good mm-hmm. it's but goodness and like and that's just what nintendo does so yeah i i'm i'm hoping that we just get more new more goodness from nintendo moving forward which it looks like we yeah. are it's exciting um, and we're getting more good Nintendo talk now because we're going to talk about yes. how Breath of the Wild is kind of like Dark Souls. Okay, I, I'm not going to lie. Chris, did you add this article? No, I did not. I did. As, uh, my heart rate, like, I could feel it increase <laughs> whenever I was reading this this article. Yeah. I'm like, you've got Same. to be kidding me. So, Stephen, was like, before you get too angry, I'll, just, I'll try to spell it out. So, I hate the way that they compare it, but I do yeah. like the way that they made Zelda sound. So no, Zelda came out looking positively, yeah. yes. but this person doesn't seem to understand what Dark Souls is, and that's a little bit frustrating every <laughs> time you read it. They're like, the developer wants you to hate yourself and go home and uh, be unhappy. That's what the people still, in 2017, people still think that's all Dark Souls is. Uh, and it's incredibly frustrating. I'm not even the biggest Dark Souls <laughs> yes. fan. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty into it, but I'm not as into it as some of the other people in our community. But yet it still drives me crazy when people talk about Dark Souls as if it is only hard and nothing else. I am um, the most into Dark Souls, and it is so <laughs> infuriating to see that. Like, hey, I hate that. I'm so into much. Dark Souls more than you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the most Dark Souls. Look at my Twitter handle. However, most Dark Souls. it doesn't say anything about Dark Souls. It's from software. You're, you'll yeah, spread your from, way through the, all of the, right. <laughs> the other games. <laughs> but uh, all of that being said, <laughs> the new Zelda does sound pretty dope. The new Zelda looks yeah, awesome. <laughs> looks the way so that they good. were talking about it did sound pretty cool. I did like how they 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 ended the this person ended the article. They start off by saying how they don't agree with how some people use it's kind of like Dark Souls, but then they use it like they use it the entire time, time. <laughs> and they use it incorrectly. It's, it's the funny, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. It's it's the person going, "I don't want to be that guy," but yeah, <laughs> I am that guy. To be that guy, but uh, what did they just write this article? what they were actually saying about the game is really cool they were talking about how there is an actual level of challenge and how Mm -hmm. the game almost like teases you into uh bad situations it's like holding a carrot at the end of the stick i believe is what they said like they'll put a treasure chest in a certain area you'll run to go get it and you'll fall into a trap or you'll be attacked by enemies and you'll die uh and the way that they're comparing it to souls is that every time you die you need to be learning something new you learn a little bit more about the environment a little bit more about how you need to prepare uh, and go into different situations. And no, that's not necessarily what I want from a Zelda game. I want Zelda to be fun and light and for me to roll around and chop grass. Um, but it well, does the, add a level of engagement thing. to the the battles. Yeah, like, uh, maybe not so much the fighting. Like, I, I'm still a little worried. I, I haven't, again, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from a whole lot of video footage. So I haven't seen a whole lot of the combat. I'm a little, I'm a little bit nervous going into it, what the, what the combat, because I know weapons, just like it's everything you pick up from enemies, I guess. Like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but like, it's so funny whenever he's like, yeah, it's like Dark Souls. And I'm like, well, you realize like, the Legend of Zelda is what started that. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you look at those like early first concept videos, Zelda, like, yeah. that is the early concept videos of Ocarina of Time look a lot like what we have in Dark Souls now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, like even the first Zelda, you start without a weapon. If you happen to wander into a cave behind you, you know, then you get a sword. If you don't, you're just wandering around the land and you're getting murdered by things, not knowing why, because you don't have a sword. Like, now, Dark Souls does. The first, sorry, Steven. Uh, oh, okay. My bad. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, as, 
is that, is this goes back to what you're saying, Stephen, how you, you're kind of hoping that Nintendo take a, a different approach to things. And to me, this kind of does. Exactly. It means, to me, this, this sees that Nintendo has acknowledged I'm not getting words out at the moment, sorry. <laughs> Nintendo's acknowledged that their fan base are now growing up. The people yeah. who love Zelda as kids are now adults. Right. And yes, they enjoy the magic and the wonder of of Hyrule and the world and Link and the story and whatever. They're, they're also matured. And so this game seems like it's also matured with as well. Well, and uh, I, th- I and think, so I think it, that is a very good point that, the very, very important distinction to make there, though, is that it matured in its gameplay, not in "quote unquote" matured in its aesthetic. Because that's why I, there's I still see people like commenting, like, "God, I would totally play this game if it wasn't for the way it looks. It looks like a cartoon." I'm like, "Are you serious? Like, you think that's what makes a game cool? Is that like it's colorful and bright? That's fine. It's still gonna be challenging. Like, it's gonna, it's gonna, it, like." Chris, you're saying engage you and Mm -hmm. it is actually maturing, you know, because it is, it's growing in how you interact with the game. Not just, you know, Oh, link looks so edgy right now. You know, like like I'm glad that that's the direction they're going. That's the direction they're maturing and not, you know, like twilight princess and and Ocarina. I like, I like those games. Um, but their aesthetics are kind of like, whatever. Like, I think this is also just promising in the fact that, um, with modern day games, my favorite thing about those, I grew up on JRPGs, games where you're constantly pressing X through uh, dialogue boxes. Mm-hmm. But now I have a very low tolerance for that sort of thing, and that's what makes yeah. games like Dark Souls uh, or even The Witcher, where there are a lot of cutscenes and stuff. But those games where you're pretty much constantly doing something, you're constantly yeah. playing a video game. Uh, and I know yeah. in, in recent years, you know, Twilight Princess, a little bit that era, they started to suffer with a little bit too much of stand here, watch this thing. Talk to well, this I person, mean, interact with that. The worst with that, yeah. And uh, Breath of the Wild seems to just be like, okay. I mean, I'm sure there's full story. There's full, you know, you stop and talk yeah. to things, whatever. But it seems like it's more focused on the playing of the video game and allowing um, more variety to what you're doing at all times to increase the amount of time that you're playing. Um, instead of, you know, I reached this encounter, I don't know what to do. I have to go now find uh, a bomb somewhere and do this thing, X, Y, Z, um, whatever mundane activity that you would have had to do in the past. Now it sounds like they're going to allow you to approach it, uh, in different ways and give you a little bit more agency as a player of a video game, which in my mind always makes playing the video game more fun. Yeah, it's shaping up to be very nice. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. I'm, I'm on the fence about whether I'm getting it because I just kept thinking, oh, I'll get when I get a Switch. Am I going to Switch? I don't know. I have a Wii U, so we'll see. There's just so many games right now. for the Wii U. Like, I mean, and I was like, well, I might as well. Like, yeah. I want to play the game. And, you know, it, the the issue is that I, I'm going to be stuck on Horizon is the issue. Like, I'm not yeah. going to stop playing Horizon because Horizon looks amazing. Um, but, you know, this, I... I I'm very excited about this game. As much you know, as much as I, I love poo pooing on Nintendo just to watch internet nerds uh, scream, like that's fun. But I also love Nintendo. I'm very excited about this and Mario. Cool. So you're yep, getting this. Sure. You're getting this launch day, right? Yep. Picking it up. Beta for the Wii U. Yep. Is uh cool. is has Odin played any of the Zelda games? Uh, yeah, he played. I set him up playing Link to the Past, which is my favorite. Cool, awesome. Uh, awesome. Recently, he he loved it. Uh, he didn't get too far in it. Holy cow! He, this he is going to really be his it. next Zelda game. We're going to blow his mind. Very cool. <laughs> um, How old yeah. is he now? 
He's, he's seven. He's seven. So I started playing Final Fantasy eight when I was eight years old. So he's, he's got one year to go, and then he's at that same age. <laughs> he's playing 15. Is he really? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so awesome. It's so crazy um, to think about that. I always think about that, you know, one day if I have kids, what are the games I'm going to show them? What, are, what is it going to be like yeah. uh, if I have a, a kid who turns eight? And I go, oh, I remember when I was eight, uh, I played the game that I'm still obsessed with <laughs> 20 years later. <laughs> um. My, Minecraft takes his attention yeah. most of the time, yeah. and his game now is Prison Architect. He got it for his. Oh, that's, he... that's dark. <laughs> yeah, it's very cartoony, but it's, uh, no, I know he, it's, it's very funny. You went from Minecraft to Prison Architect. I was like, Whoa. yeah, um, and no, it's Prison just, it's, awesome. he just spends hours playing it now. Um, it, to be honest, I think it could teach him good things. Absolutely, about absolutely, one hundred percent. But it is a bit dark because he keeps focusing on trying his, I've got to get in Death Rose because I earn more money that way. It wasn't a criticism. I just thought tonally it was very funny. He's just trying to clean up the streets. That's all. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. That's Um, crazy. The surplus population or something like that. I I don't think that. I'm just quoting Charles Dickens. Please don't hate me. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. Um, But yes, that's what Odin's been playing. Uh, (laughs) Stephen, what have you been playing? Um, so that's like that? I, I good. No, that's good. Not, not all of us has been playing this, but uh, Chris, I don't know. Do you want to tag team uh, Neo? Yeah, sure. Because oh, we, we probably we, have we very get different team this one. Mm-hmm. I know. We, I know. There's been a lot of uh, Neo talk on Dark Insights. We don't need to belabor it for too long, but yeah. uh, yeah. Go ahead, Steven. Um. Well, yeah. So I I played it for like a week. I got I got past the the lady boss. Uh, that does the paralyzing, which I'm very vocally not a fan of that mechanic. <laughs> um, uh, and then I, I played some of the other side missions. I played the next uh, mission, or I don't even really remember. And then I traded it in towards Zelda <laughs> <laughs> and Horizon because it is it is a very fun game. People really need to stop comparing it to Dark Souls, though, because that everything it has in common with Dark Souls, I think, makes the game it. It either is not additive or it doesn't or it makes it worse, in my opinion. Uh the mm-hmm. ways it differentiates itself from Dark Souls are awesome. Like those are so cool and I want the game like the the key pulsing, like uh Giant Bomb like made it it work perfectly in my head that it is an active reload for your stamina. Yeah. And so you can chain together combos and stuff like that, like that kind of stuff. Um uh uh, the way the weapons are so weird uh, and different and the way then that combines with your stances and everything, like all of that stuff is very, very cool. And like, I love the way all of that kind of thing uh, works. Uh, Any way that it, I am not a fan of anything that it shares with Dark Souls. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like the way the leveling works. I don't like the way it makes you rifle through loot while also having to, um, pick out things that you really, really need, like in Dark Souls. Like, there's just too much item chaff for there mm-hmm. to be very important items stuck in that chaff. Um, also, you can miss items that let you quit back out to the mission select. Uh, that's not okay. <laughs> I've never, I've never quit a mission because I'm a true Bushido warrior. So I will. Uh, well, no, like, I have, and that that leads me to uh, my the the biggest thing is like people are like, oh, you know, I I'm sure you can like. Uh, Amarita level one this game I guess maybe mm-hmm. but like I needed to go grind out some levels and like replay a side mission and then I was able to trounce through the boss no problem because I I understand this doesn't make it bad but I'm just not a fan of games where your avatar um, ability 
outweighs my ability. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like this does seem to have skill, a little bit of that. Yeah. Y- well, yeah. Cause like you just level up a few times and then you'll just walk all over a boss. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah, level matters that. a lot more <laughs> in Neo than it ever does in Dark Souls. Dark Souls is all about skill where this is, this is definitely about level and skill, but level yeah. can significantly improve your odds. Uh, and I've never fine. had to grind in the game simply because, uh, I, every time I go back to a shrine, I, <laughs> Look through my items, see if there's anything better. Most of the time, I, I, you're saying there's so many different items, it's hard to tell. Every once in a while, you'll get something really good that will stick out, and I'll hang on to it. But I sell everything, or I make an offering to the shrine for mm-hmm. everything, and that has buffered my levels uh, see, time I, and time I again. The vast majority of, of the loot I'm getting, I am selling. Um, but I think I benefited from a detachment from Dark Souls pretty early on. Absolutely, yeah. Because... Obviously, I like Dark Souls, and I'm, I'm very familiar, but I've been playing so many different games since the last time I played a Dark Souls game. Dark Souls 3 was the last time I really put uh, a significant amount of time uh, into a Souls game. So it's been a while. I've been playing all these other games, and I have a history of just loving samurai games, and uh, <laughs> namely Onimusha, and then The Way of the Samurai, that PS2 hey, you're game. You're into that honor. Yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, that game was awesome. Yeah, I love that game. Um, so when I pick up Neo, my first thought wasn't, uh, oh, Samurai Dark Souls, even though that's what I kept saying, or I kept comparing it to The Witcher trying to be funny. Uh, <laughs> my first thought was just like, okay, I'm a samurai now. And samurai games have always like held a special place in my heart, and they entail a certain type of approach for me, because I just enjoy playing that role so much in a video game. Yeah. Uh, and so it's definitely been able to push away a lot of the negatives, just because I simply enjoy that aesthetic so much. I enjoy oh, the yeah. role so much. And that's the thing. It, a lot of like, I, I I try not to do that, but like a lot of what I don't like about the game isn't inherently bad. Like the paralysis mm-hmm. as a mechanic, I think is inherent. I think that is objectively bad. Like if you're going to make your game hard by making me not be able to move, uh, that's not okay. And then if you're just going to give me an item that negates it, then you shouldn't have put the mechanic in mm-hmm. the first place. Is my See, opinion. I never, like, I never got me, par- par- uh, paralyzed during that fight. I Everybody can talk. Par- about like, it. I I don't know what it is. Like. Again, like that's that weird thing of like maybe you just equipped yeah, armor that had a higher and then, paralysis resistance than me. Don't get hit. When I fought <laughs> yeah, her, uh, <laughs> I fought her on the the Twilight Mission version of that, and I was a little bit over leveled for that. Uh, but again, I never I never got paralyzed. And I'm not, I think I think it was that's just not even a brag. I'm just saying. No, yeah. yeah, I think I was just staying too far away from her, so she kept shooting that wave out, and I just I couldn't dodge it um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I couldn't get my hands to do it. Uh, the funny thing is, though, like I could clear out that whole room of yokai without getting hit. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I know I'm not bad at the game. Is there was just something with that fight I just wasn't yeah, clicking it just with? Doesn't click, you know. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, like in like I I personally don't like character action games. Like that, I'm not a fan of that style of game. Devil May Cry, that kind of thing. Yeah, like that kind of thing. Like God of War is the closest thing I got to liking mm-hmm. character action. A lot of people don't like that game because it's too slow. Um, so I think I think that's where I'm just not clicking with it. And I think there's too many leveling systems. Like there's like <laughs> three or four different things to level and three different types of experience to keep track of. I'm like, I, I, it's not bad. I just, I don't feel like keeping just, yeah, I don't want, you don't want to deal with it. I don't, I don't want to deal with this, which is me being lazy, admittedly. Like, so it's a good game. It's not an amazing game. It's a very good game. Uh, I think it's important to, to note that it is just, it's like a pretty good game. Like that's, 
the weird we've been treating it like the second coming but it's, you, it's you just were, a pretty you good were talking game. you were talking about like on emotion and stuff like that so tell me if this lines up with your read on the game uh vader have you played new at all i'm sorry like i just i know i didn't see it in your list um so i, I don't mean to just like cut you out of the conversation yep. with this i've been playing it non-stop it's oh, I, I, see it I really really Really, really like that this game. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. put it in because Cliff, we've been um, talking about it. Too. Yeah, sorry, Cliff. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't care. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, <laughs> no, but, but um, I, so I, I, I do want to get your guys' opinions. Like, there are certain parts of this game that kind of feel like the PS2 version of whatever this was going to be. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I guess that's when this started uh, in production. It was a very, very late PS2 uh, era, mm-hmm. and some of the animations and like. I can't even really put my finger on it, but like the paralysis mechanic and the like, some of like the menuing systems feel like PS2 games to me. It's, well, the paralysis is a very RPG, a very Japanese RPG yeah. status effect. But I mean, like um, that type of a of a mechanic, I just I feel like I haven't seen in a while. Like, just like we're gonna make it hard by like you don't get to move. <laughs> like the, I don't know. Like these these feel like things that games have like either cut out for ease, ease of use sake. Like, I don't know. There's just some interesting, I find it interesting, not necessarily negative. I uh, just thought, you know, I didn't know if maybe some of those things came across that way to you guys at all. Yeah, I can definitely see what you mean by the paralysis. Cause I, I also, I don't really remember, but maybe in the Witcher there been, there was a little bit of uh status, status effects from monsters. Uh, and when you're implementing something as, potentially dangerous in a battle as paralysis there needs to be um convenient ways to be able to deal with it and it should just be an end all because i imagine if you get hit by that uh, unless it does give you maybe a split second of time to get away before she nope. hits you i don't know um so no nope, nope, she's she gonna get paralyzed and then get hit she does it <laughs> unless it's just it depends basically just she trying to say anyway. don't ever let her paralyze you but i don't know if that's possible so um it has to you have to be very careful with something like that but yeah. For me, that was just one tiny instance because it it never really affected my playthrough, and that I just got lucky in yeah. that regard. Um, like I, say, I guess it's not necessarily bad. It's just a thing that I don't like in video games. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is a game that this is the type of game that I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah. So that's what this is. Cool, but I I had taken a little bit of a break from it. I had been playing a few other games and just kind of take it easy this week. Um, but after watching Jeremy play the other night. Uh, when he on his stream, I just I just got the itch to go back and play Neo. Uh, right at the point where I had thought that I was maybe getting slightly tired of it, just because mm. I put so much time in thirty forty hours since release. Um, but maybe it's just maybe it's just the samurais um, or fighting the demons or whatever it is. But I just I kind of can't get enough of this game. <laughs> the combat is very fun. I like mm-hmm. the combat a lot. It's, it is super duper fun. I just like being time. a samurai. I like sort of the way that. Uh, the when you're, when you're using a uh, katana, things are a little bit slow almost, mm. um, especially if you're in high stance, which is where I normally oh, am. Yeah. Um, yeah. Using high stance with the katana, it, everything is slow and deliberate, and it feels very much like Japanese sword fighting. The way if you ever listen to like George Lucas talk about early Star Wars and how he wanted it to yeah. feel like samurai sword fights, how the swords are so heavy and the strikes are so powerful, um, it gives me a real good feeling for for that type of thing. Uh, and when I'm able to execute something properly, it actually it feels really good from just as a fan of that type of combat and those types of weapons. Um, and then on the other hand, I love using the dual katanas. That ended up being my combo was a regular the katana, and then my other very fun. yeah my other weapon was dual katanas. Because how great is it, Vader? Have you used those at all? 
Yeah, I started with them, but I moved away fighting the the vampire bat lady yeah. because uh, it wasn't doing enough damage. That's the problem with those. But I tend to use them on mobs, and I have currently I have dual katanas with a fire enchantment on them. So I'll just go into low stance, and you just do the the rapid attacks, oh, or I go into high stance <laughs> and use one of the special combo moves. That's just a, a a wild swirl of blades, and it's just like you're carving up the enemies, and then you're lighting them on fire at the same time. And then I can just roll away, and they just burn up, and it's like so exhilarating when you when it works uh and we've discussed before steven you said it you know this game isn't challenging necessarily it's just really punishing um and how it'll you know kick you in the teeth i think it was you that said that somebody said that yeah um, i tweeted out after the it was when i was like okay i get this game now cool. mm-hmm. but when things are going very well and you're able to pull off combos or um not necessarily combos because as sean was saying last week the combo system is to a point where i kind of don't want more upgrades. Not that I don't want to be stronger, but I like where I'm at. I like the moveset that I have. I don't want to change it too much at this point. Um, but when those things go well, it feels so fun and so fast and uh, you feel powerful. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I like Neo. It's good. <laughs> yes. well, this thing, there, are, there are a lot of punishing moments and stuff, but it, there are a lot of resources at your disposable mm-hmm. disposable disposal that you can use to overcome those challenges, uh, and that's what I like about it. It is difficult and it is challenging at times, but you have the same uh, same resource that enemies do. Uh, they they have stamina that you can actually st- like you can tire them out and punish them. Yeah, that is the same thing. I really like be being able to see the enemy stamina like that. Like that adds in another uh, level of strategy. That normally isn't there with these types of games, uh, you know, third person kind of uh, action RPGs like this. Like I like being able to see them manage their stamina. Like that, that's that can make uh, fights really uh, engaging and fun. Mm-hmm. Too. So yeah. Now, if we could just get an Onimusha reboot, I'd be happy. <laughs> hey, could happen. Yeah, that'd be good. Samurai yeah. Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like. It. I like- Really like Neo. Yes, <laughs> um, the, I, I, I find the the level having like it's a very old school game style to actually have levels yeah. where you're in that yeah. area. But I, I actually kind of like. It. I find it quite refreshing having that old old system because I've always feel like I'm, I've got something to accomplish. That you're mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. I'm really over open worlds. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it can be a little exhausting. <laughs> yeah, yeah see, that's, actually, that's the thing I didn't like. I didn't like how segmented everything was. Mm. I was like, oh, I, I kind of just want to keep going. Like, I don't want to go yeah. back to the main. Which I understand. I understand the pace that they're wanting to do. They want you to go back to your to your dojo, or not the dojo necessarily, but like your home base. You, they want you to sell everything. They want you to go to the clear out your item chest by going to the blacksmith and all that stuff. So I get that. I was just like, nah, I am personally not a huge fan of the pace of this game. At first, I did think it was going to be open world. Um, and as I've talked about later, again, with Way of the Samurai, it's such an obscure old game. Not necessarily obscure, but it wasn't exactly a, a big popular title. Um, but you were able to walk around just as Samurai Man. You were able to put your sword away and just play that role uh, as a character. And I really liked that, just being a samurai, walking through city streets, and then trouble yeah, shows up, cool. uh, and you're there to deal with it. Like That kind of thing was fun so i was expecting i didn't really know what to expect with this until i played the beta but i was sort of expecting maybe to have more of that open world aspect to it uh where there are times where you can walk around and uh, interact in different ways with the game but with what we got i'm still very happy and i found as i get older and i get busier being able to sit down with 
just a level and knowing, okay, when I accomplish this, then I can call it a night. I know I've beaten that boss. I've beaten this level. I have time for another submission. I can go in and come back out. And, um, it's, it, it helps me parse out my time that I spend with the game. Uh, yeah. and at least for this period of time, we're feeling very overwhelmed with how many, uh, exciting new games there are. It feels good to be able to, uh, parse out my time with Neo. Okay, tonight is this. Tomorrow night is this next thing that I've unlocked, and the next night is that. And uh, it's it's nice to have levels again. <laughs> yep, I That's like it. The one gripe I had with the levels is I did a, a level with spiders last night, and the setting was amazing, and the way it kind of branched off was was great. Like there was no linear path, and I think that I was doing accomplishing things that helped the boss be easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I know what you're, you're talking about. I got to the kind of the castle. It's like it's an old uh, yeah. traditional castle, and I, I was like trying to get to one of my little Kodama friends, which are just the best. I love the Kodama; game. they're, they're so pretty amazing. amazing. Uh, uh, and I was like, oh, maybe if I go upstairs, I might better drop down. Oh, like, yeah, right before the boss room. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and I so I was like, oh, there's a door here, and it was the boss. Yeah, <laughs> and I beat the boss first go. I did really oh, well. But it, you can't leave the boss room to uh, re keep exploring. It locks mm-hmm. you in there. So I yeah, have to that was really the level. only one that seemed as bad as that. Um, and it did fit with the level, but at the same time, it would have been nice if the the door was a little bit bigger and a little bit <laughs> more boss room looking. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, there were like shortcuts back to below. I never unlocked the last shrine, which is below the boss mm-hmm. room, because I thought I had to go up to get down to that area, and so I was. I thought I was fine. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, very cool level design. Yeah, yeah it was I, a very cool level, that one. That is one thing that the, having those segmented levels like that uh, allows for, is the, uh, the shortcuts and stuff like that. Like, that's pretty, like, watching the level wrap around on itself uh is is real neat like i I, that's always i mean that's always satisfying when that comes up in a video game that's i found going back to resident evil 2 recently that they do that a lot in that game which is cool Um, yeah so i like when that kind of stuff comes up i've been saying this a lot recently with final fantasy 15 with resident evil 7 and now with neo i'm excited to see what comes next for this They've all been sort of reboots, or Neo's sort of, it's, yep. it's a new IP, um, but Resident Evil 7 and Final Fantasy are sort of semi-reboots of what they are. So mm-hmm. I'm, what we got for these three games uh, was pretty great, um, varying from, you know, okay to, to awesome, depending on who you are. But what comes next, Final Fantasy 16, Resident Evil 8, and Neo 2, like, what are all these things going to be? How are these things going yeah, to true. evolve? And that's some of the most exciting uh, aspects of the stuff we're getting now. Is what will come next. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. Especially with um the we've had, as I said earlier, we've had some cracker games mm-hmm. in this generation. But it, it took a lot while to warm up. Yes. And we've you're right. We've had these reboots now and it's exciting to see what's coming next because obviously there is some enthusiasm back in these studios and some mm-hmm. and it's obviously some more loyal fan, fans have been joining them and, and being quite vocal in what we like and don't like and the list sounds like they're listening. Yeah, yep. like we had this with uh, with Tomb Raider this generation or last generation into yeah. this one. Uh, they rebooted that, and then Rise of the Tomb Raider was a great addition on top of that. And whatever we get next, it seems like that those are staying in the uh, same ballpark. They're kind of doing a trilogy, I think, with it. Um, but it's still it's something that's building, and we can just see it right before it's that the developers are finally listening, just like you say. And, uh, it's cool. So I'm um, I'm excited to. I know it's weird because Neo came out this month, but I'm excited to see what will eventually be next. Like, how can this grow? How can this reach a bigger audience? How can this uh, make us happy again or make us angry yeah, again? 
Uh, well, yeah, I want to see them carve out their own space. Like, I want them. I really love them just to remove. Like, I agree. Yeah. The Amrita system. Like, you don't need that. You really don't. I don't need to level up my stats. Just let me level up my moves and then level up my character accordingly. You know, every mm-hmm. time I beat a boss, I get more stamina yeah. and health, and that's it. And magic. I like, see what you're saying. Like, but- I don't need. Well, I don't need to manage that stuff. I don't want to have to deal with that. Like, just I want to engage in the game that you have made up. Like, I want you to leave behind stuff you're glomming on just because, like, like I don't know. Like, it, that's the kind of, again, I said, the connections it has to Dark Souls is the stuff I don't like about it. Like, I love the new stuff. I love the, mm-hmm. the enemy design is real cool. The aesthetic is real cool. The weapon, uh, the way the stances interact with uh, weapon variety is real awesome. Like, that's the kind of stuff I'm excited to see moving forward. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. I, I like the the leveling system because it's not souls to me it's similar but it is just like a normal rpg that's what we used to have before mm-hmm. souls um and amrita just is the name for experience uh i think i might be I just like tired of that variety. type of leveling now <laughs> i'm ready for something yeah. different i think it might be what it i is. like that there's a variety that you can create whereas i generally don't like just action RPGs, and I worry if you take that away, it's just going to turn into Devil May Cry. Mm-hmm. And I like that it's not. I like that it's a weighted uh, combat system. Yeah, uh, I agree. Like, uh, the, 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 to me, the only really similarities between this and Dark Souls are really just where the camera is and how the camera kind of works. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it just feels good. But I, I can I can completely understand where you're coming from, Stephen. Everyone, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a personal taste thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas I like I like that I can go then do a be a ninja and just be straight ninja one play yeah. and go completely um, and just use all the gadgets and tools, which I've had them played with this time. I'm focusing on the magic. Uh, and, oh, cool. Yeah. I, I haven't come. Magic is very powerful. Magic's awesome. And just the, the variety that you can have one spell and it summons your guardian. So you can actually change how that works based on your guardian, that one spell. Oh, cool. So it's interesting that to, to, we all just look at it as samurai dark souls. Um, but there's so much more than just samurai in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could, the ninja, like being a ninja is super, like there is variety. There definitely is variety there. Like it's, I think we all like, they led with the samurai thing. So I think that's kind of what, you know, what a lot of people just kind of have gravitated towards. And now they are finding, you know, once we actually got our hands on the game, uh, we were able to mess around with it and, and do what we want with it and mess with the systems. We're finding now that, that there is a whole lot of variety there that maybe they didn't and, leave. And they've made the game around that, which is cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So we've oh, I think we've really talked about Neo yeah. too much. You know, I like it. <laughs> I know. I like it a lot. I, didn't mean, I really uh, didn't mean for that to happen. <laughs> um, Just edit it all out. So Neo is cool. <laughs> um, Stephen hates it. Yep. Me and Chris like it. <laughs> that, that's exactly it. Um, <laughs> All right, so I'll, different game. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll run uh, through. I'll run through these next three because I don't. I don't have a whole lot. Okay, cool. Um, I just play. I wanted to really just bring up Demon Souls because uh, Richard. <clears throat> no, uh, because Richard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because just to because anytime I play a what what media or fans say like oh this is like the new dark souls like i'm like okay well let's let's go back and play dark souls <laughs> uh, i because i need an excuse to do that more um so i've just been running through demon souls again and guys, i still really like demon souls it's so good uh anyway um then i i actually picked up rise of the tomb raider because after neo i'm like okay i, just, I need something to hold me over till horizon comes out 
and I hadn't played Rise of the Tomb Raider yet. Um, and guys, the game is pretty fun. It's a pretty fun I, game. I like, yep. I, I like being able to level up my Greek, like, and then that <laughs> unlocks things for yes, my weird. shotgun. That's just cool. like high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys were fancy in high school. I just took Spanish. <laughs> I'm a Japanese, but yeah. Ooh. Peter, you're so much cooler than us all the time. Stop I hate it. it. <laughs> it's because I'm in New Zealand. <laughs> it's, it's true. That alone I'm gonna, is in your I'm not that cool, but I'll just ride with it. <laughs> um, so yeah, Rise of the Tomb Raider is super fun. I like that game a lot. Um I like how, speaking of, you know, separating a game, separating itself from things like uh, what I liked most about the first uh, Tomb Raider, the, the reboot, um, was the differences it had from Uncharted. And any time it started to remotely be like Uncharted, I didn't like it. <laughs> it just didn't do it as well. I don't think it did its set pieces nearly as well. Um but I think, like, you exploring tombs and, like, having collectibles and, like, looping around on the island. And then, again, with this one, I, I'm not very far in it. But, like, the the exp- the actual tomb raiding, uh, I think, is awesome. And, like, the way you're you're leveling up your character. Sure. And I'm excited to, to try out the survival mode. I haven't tried that yet because um, that sounds amazing. Uh, actually I've been to, like, meeting manage. to go back to Rise of the Tomb Raider since I completed it, but whenever that was, uh, some other new game came out immediately yeah, after. That's it's always something. <laughs> I know I won't get to finish it because Horizon and Zelda come out. So, mm-hmm. like that is just, mm-hmm. But so far, it is a good time. It is a very good time. Uh, and well, then One of the big things with tomb, Rise of the Tomb Raider, that I, as you mentioned, the, the rating of the tombs, uh, I know with the first reboot, it was a good game, but I found that the actual... Um, the tombs were very lackluster. It was just like <laughs> one puzzle. It was like one trap yeah. you would trigger and then you could get the thing. Well, that's the thing. Like, yeah, there, there wasn't the enough of it. Good. There wasn't, there was not nearly enough actual tomb rating in the first one or the, or the previous no. one, but I loved what they were. I'm like, oh man, I just, I want more. I just want a game of this. Like, this is <laughs> so cool. Like, I want to hunt stuff and just explore tombs. And that's what this one definitely seems to be. I mean, there's still gunfighting, you know, there's still... You know, set pieces and stuff, whatever. Um, I used to bow the whole game. I just shot dudes and hid. I yeah, love it. Yeah, when I you get when you can get like two game. or three headshots at the same time. It's oh, so satisfying. So You're like hell yeah, Lara. <laughs> Did that? Yeah. Um, uh, so, I, yeah. I don't think I used the guns the whole game. Yeah, they didn't come up much. <laughs> no, once you actually get the bow and arrow, it's uh, that's definitely the way to go. Like I'm always a fan of the bow and arrow in any game, really. Um. And then I've also been playing uh, Jack and Daxter. Uh, uh, Ma- Which is a weird one. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I mean, I, I've always really liked that game. Uh, and I'm not going to talk about it a lot here because it's actually for... Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you want to cut this out, uh, but I'm guessing on another podcast uh, this weekend. Cool. How dare you um, make him edit anything? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, there's, there's a podcast called um, PlayStation Power, and they, uh, they go through PlayStation 1 and 2's catalog. And they're covering Jack oh, and Baxter cool. this weekend. Uh, and so I was like, dude, give me on that. It's like my favorite PlayStation 2 game. Um, it's not my favorite, but I love it a lot. Uh, so I'll be, I'll be talking about that a whole lot on there. So that's mainly what I've been playing this week. So someone else talk, please. <laughs> hey, Vader, why don't, you, uh, why don't you tell us what some of the games you've been playing? All right. Dear uh, dang podcast. <laughs> I've only been playing Neo mostly, so I forced myself to play a few other games. Um, Good man. Because I don't want to buy any new new games. Cause I'm spending too much money on the Switch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so I bought a little uh, iOS game. I assume it's probably on 
um, the Google thing, the Google phones. Uh, called Lit the Torch, which is kind of a weird name. Yeah, it is. Hey, hey, Vader, uh, is it lit? Is it past tense? Is it, is it lit? Well, that's the weird thing because you're actually lighting the tor- torches, yeah. so it's plural. Oh, this is a very misleading <laughs> title. It is, <laughs> uh, but it's a cool little. It's ninety nine cents New Zealand, so it's probably free in America. Um, <laughs> it, no, it's not. It's ninety nine cents here. I'm looking at it on the App Store right now. <laughs> oh, really? So I got a bargain. Yeah. Uh, uh, but anyway, so it's not very expensive, but it's just a simple little puzzle game based around a little flame girl uh, where you've got to walk past torches. And you, uh, so it's very simple puzzles, but the puzzles work through, it's a simple, like a time portal thing. Mm. So you can put like a mm. an overlay, which you can turn on and off, and uh, on a box, which is roughly like maybe like one fifth of the screen. And you can move that around, and then you can move your character around to see things in a different time period in this little bizarre world. Yeah, these, uh, so these screenshots are—it's exactly what you're describing. There's just a, like a <laughs> chunk of the screen that is uh, that looks different. It's it's a very cool looking game. It's actually like super charming looking. It's very, it's very charming looking. Um, it's got a nice little aesthetic. Um, I don't know what it is like. You probably guys are better at describing things like that. Um, but yeah, I like it. I'm I'm, I'm 18 levels in. Uh, as the game ramps up, uh, there's more and more like puzzles. So to start off with it's quite simple and then you start adding it there's switches and then I've just encountered enemies that when they see you they will aggressively run at you Uh, and so they might be in the past they might be in the present so you can use the portal to kind of block them out and so they won't be able to see you oh that's very cool torch Hmm. Um, then uh, yeah, so I, I, for a simple for ninety nine cents, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's pretty cool uh, for a uh, you know just shooting uh, killing some time on your phone. Do um, a lot of that. It's got it's got a little little narrative, but I'm not really haven't really paid attention. Um, but you are yeah, it's still about you're the night watch woman, I guess, and you're trying to relight the torches. Um, that's all I really know. And that's what you need because <laughs> it's just a little puzzle based game. <laughs> Yeah, it seems it seems really fun. Uh, I might check this out. Yeah, For ninety nine cents, you can't really go wrong. No, um, I've enjoyed it. I'm up to with with the enemies. It does the difficulty does ramp up. And I'm just kind of stuck on a level, uh, and it's it's a it's a make or break. At the earlier levels, you can't really fail because you just gotta work it out. Yeah. Whereas when you get to the enemies, if they catch you, restart the level. Um, and the goal is just to light the number of torches you're told to, and they, they are hidden in the past and in the present. Um, and yeah, is there any kind of like a star reading with this? Like, can, is it, like if you complete it under a certain amount of time? No, or... which I'm glad because I hate that stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> I guess Stephen feels differently. <laughs> I think they're super fun. Yeah. Well, no. To, to, if it's done right, I'm fine with. Like, I don't um, think you should I, have I find... to do it to progress, but you know. Well, yeah, I find too many free-to-play games. And, yeah. Well, this is not free-to-play. So I, t- I find too many too many games fall on that that you kind of have to, and you've got to get the right upgrade oh, yeah. that you have to really pay for. So I think that star system has been abused, and that's my that's response. Mm-hmm. That's a very good you, point. You're right. It's perfectly fine in context, but it's often abused, I find, um, where you just this is just you get past the level. Yeah, that makes sense. Um and I think that's I think it's fine, but yeah, well, um, it's a cool it. little game. Um, the other game is a VR game, Tethered, which I I've been saying for since we've been discussing VR a lot uh, on this podcast, and I think everyone has over the last year or two. Mm-hmm. 
Um, a lot of games seem to be kind of, they're not VR games, but they've been made to be VR, and those ones don't seem to work that well. It's when games are built ground up for VR, they tend to work. And one of the things I've said that I, I would like to see is a God mode type game, kind of like where you're the the overseer of a world, kind of like your Age of Empires. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're yeah, looking yeah. down and you, yeah. Um, as, and so you've got that kind of God perspective that a lot of games tend to have. They actually made one. <laughs> so I said they should, and they actually have. Uh, and it's a, I've already played the demo, so I can't speak too much of it, but it's a very cute little game called Tethered. Yeah, these, um, again, great visual, super cartoony and bright. Like, it's not at all what I was expecting. Yeah, um, and basically the, the name Tethered revolves around the gameplay, that you're tethering your little people to their task or their role or the thing they need to do. And so the mechanic, basically you are a guardian spirit who is in this, in this land with um, it's kind of floating islands in the sky and you don't need to move around so you don't have any of the, the motion sickness. You walk between clouds that are surrounding this little island. And you control it by looking at little dudes and looking at holding the button X down and looking elsewhere and releasing <laughs> and telling them to do something by that. So it's a super simple mechanic, uh, cute little setting. Um, and yeah, cute little dudes. It, it's the same with, the, I don't know if, you, if you guys, I don't know if you guys have tried VR. It, 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 things look, actually look somewhat better out of VR mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of the limitation with the, the PC yeah. play since VR. You can kind of see the joins, but once you're in there, you get over it. It's kind of just cool being in the little, the little world. Um, and it, it was a very cute game. Uh, you can have little dudes with combat. Uh, you can kind of make them um, like fight the thing. bug slugs, things <laughs> that come. Uh, and yeah, and they just devoted to, to you as their guardian and you're protecting them and trying to help them prosper yes, uh, without awesome. starving to death. Uh, so it's it's very much like a very simple kind of what War, uh, Warcraft used to be. Uh, you're not so you're building, so you're not creating great mass armies or anything like that of fighting anybody. But you're you're dealing with little um, minions, and uh, I don't know how many you can get uh, in the demo. That I think I had about six or seven at one point. And then one got sad and jumped off the cliff. No, which was a bit sad. No, that's sad. <laughs> that was I so can't right. Oh, Siri, shush. Siri, Sorry, she's trying to get on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. Stop trying to get some brand placement. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me. Like, hey, we want some. Yeah, this type of experience reminds me of like playing with Lego or something, like dumping out yeah. a toy box uh, and and just yeah. going through your toys. Like that type of experience with VR, I haven't even thought about something like that. That could be really cool. I don't know. How is there not a Lego VR game yet where you're building things with fake Legos so you don't even have to That's step on them? Be a thing soon. Yeah, that would be cool. I think the problem with uh, that is it's there playing is a, lot, with- a lot of that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, I guess tum- uh, Tumble? It's a it's a block building game. It's oh. kind of like that, and that's Ooh. that's also very cool. I think uh, Paddy's talked about it on the Twin Humanities, and I've had a quick go of it, and that's very cool. And it's yeah, you're building, solving puzzles with blocks in VR. Yeah, that stuff. There's, there's a lot of potential to grow there. It doesn't all have to just be these first person uh, motion sickness experiences. Exactly, and that's the stuff I actually kind of enjoy um, more. Yeah, I'm more likely to play just a kind of a cool experience. Um, and yeah, this was fun, and I, I probably will once the my my wallet replenishes slightly. <laughs> I might I might pick it up. I'll probably pick it up. Yeah, uh, but that's tethered. Very cool. Uh, but I, I did feel very bad because they're so cute, <laughs> and they're actually kind of like the 
the little characters are something that I wouldn't mind seeing, like, little, like, plushy on. Yeah, I was say, they almost look but, like little sock puppet people. Like, they're very cute yeah. looking. Um, very well designed, um, but it was very sad having one get very upset and then decide to jump off that the cliff. Sounds that is, that's pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah, that's really bad. But I was still trying to work out how the game worked, and I think he got hungry. Oh. <laughs> I hadn't worked out how to farm food. Oh. He starved um, to the point of just wanting to end his life. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think this, the cute aesthetic makes it slightly worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like emphasizes how morbid that is. Um, yeah, yeah, if one of your Warcraft minions did that, you'd be like, okay, whatever, see you later, pal. With one of these adorable yeah, exactly. little guys. <laughs> it's heartbreaking. <laughs> yep. Hey, orcs are people um, too, okay, Chris? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of. The other one, I won't spend too much time. Invisible Ink. I got it free with PlayStation Plus. I chucked it on as a a, so I had something else to play last night. Um, And yeah, it's all right. Um, It's definitely made more suited for PC. Um, It's a little um, clunky with the the controller. Mm -hmm. I kept like peeking through the door instead of opening it because you'd peek, (laughs) see nothing was there, and then you just kind of hit across to select door but it's like the control resets and so you push right and it goes back to peak oh, yeah. instead of moving from peak because you were on peak and I find that frustrating because like I was just on peak yeah. why is it just letting me move across um, so it resets to, 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 to zero I guess or whatever um, not highlighting anything mm-hmm. and so I and, and peaking uses your action points and so oh, oh yeah and it's just yeah, so I, and it's like I just have to learn but it's so it's my own fault but it, I found that immensely frustrating but it's it's a very cool thing um, the opening cut scene after the tutorial there's this really cool like chick who uh, lady who's obviously in he, um, home base and she's like I'd rather play as her than <laughs> the two characters I start with she was awesome yeah. but she gets gunned down oh no <laughs> like but like, she was real badass and tough, and I really liked her. Um, and she gets gunned down pretty quick. Um, so the other, I prefer her over the, the two main characters so far. Um, but it, it's a cool game. Um, I've heard someone recently describe it as kind of like uh, stealth XCOM. Like it's a lot like oh, XCOM cool. for people. That's cool. very cool. Um, but it, it's it's stealth-based. Mm-hmm. You're trying to keep away from people. Um, and I may play some more. Um, but I think it's just time right um if someone can pay me to play video games that would be fantastic yeah anyway if anyone's out there uh i said it first chris i said it first all right all right (laughs) Um, get that serious sponsorship (laughs) exactly apple apple we we promoted surrey yeah i got lots of money this thing on um yeah so that's that's me cool this week um I think I've done enough talking. So Chris. Okay. So, uh, Berserk. yeah, I've been playing, I've been playing Berserk and the band of the Hawk. Uh, Vader, are you familiar with Berserk at all? I, I know of it. Uh, it's, I've never actually got around. I know, uh, Dark Souls has, uh, Miyazaki has taken inspiration from mm-hmm. elements of Berserk. Uh, that's about it. I know it's about <laughs> killing lots of demons and monsters. Certainly. Steven, uh, you, you've seen Berserk, right? Oh, I, I think I'm going Berserk, Chris. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay, so this is a uh, <laughs> this is a, a Muso uh Dynasty Warriors style game based on the uh Berserk 
franchise, I guess. Um, I know it mainly as the manga series. It's been running for almost 30 years now. Yeah. I, of course, have not been reading it for that entire time, <laughs> but it's been going for a very, very long time. And it's um, over the last few years, it's become probably my favorite anime manga series out mm-hmm. there. Uh, so as soon as I heard that there was going to be uh, a Dynasty Warrior style game for Berserk, I knew that like I had to have it. Again, not the biggest fan of these. They're fun and, and, and mindless in a way. Uh, but that's just not generally what I want out of a video game, although they are inherently kind of cool. But Berserk just fits with that style of gameplay so well. Um, and so you mm-hmm. play, you play as this guy called Guts for anybody who's not familiar with the series. And he was born on a battlefield and now he's just a wandering mercenary type. Uh, and he joins up Hunk. with this other mercenary group called the Band of the Hawk. Uh, and through the course of that, he, you know, learns how to not be, uh, your typical JRPG protagonist. You know, he's <laughs> sort of a, a mean, a mean old tough jerk who just wants to fight guys and crush things with his giant sword. Um, which lends itself incredibly well to this gameplay. Yeah. Um, but, I don't want to spoil too much, but you join up with uh, the band of the Hawk, uh, which the anime covers that whole thing. So it's sort of an abridged take on the anime. Uh, but then the game, I'm mm-hmm. fairly certain, covers the entirety of the manga. Um, That's crazy. What's been covered in the anime is not even half uh, of what's out there. Uh, it's just never been done yet. Uh, they're finally starting to get around to it this year and last year. Uh, pretty poor anime adaptions. But anyway... So you're playing as this big, tough man named Guts, and you're swinging around a big, tough sword called Dragon Slayer, and you're just amassing a million kills, like, every... Okay, that's an exaggeration. But you're literally getting thousands of kills per level. Uh, And your combo, you get your combos as you go, and you're getting your combo over the thousands. And it's just extreme, bloody, gory melee, um, where in most other Dynasty Warriors games, there's more of a focus on capturing points um and doing tactical maneuvers in different ways berserk isn't like that you're playing his guts and guts is a big man with a big sword he's just there to crush things with his big sword as i keep saying because it's one of the most cathartic experiences i've had with a video game in a long time now again i'm a big old (laughs) fanboy of berserk so being able to play as the protagonist uh and fight as him feels awesome um they've captured what I imagine it would feel like to swing a sword around like that uh, really well. And you're just mowing through enemies. Uh, and the manga always goes a little bit further down the road of uh, showing him cutting people in half. And there's like a leg flying in one direction and an arm. And, and then a guy's face is all, you know, messed up. They always show things like that. Um, and this game just goes for it. You swing your sword and they're just going to be like people flying away in, in different pieces. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun just to pick it up uh, this week. I've been playing it a lot, kind of a, a de-stressor from Neo. Not because oh, yeah. even though I haven't had too many problems with Neo, it's still a high intensity game. You kind of have to be focused all the time. So with Berserk, I've just been like sitting back and being like, okay, I'm going to go uh, do this battle and run through hordes of my enemies and just chop them into pieces. Now, what I'd be curious to know uh, is the this part of the the game that I'm playing, this part of the storyline that I'm playing through right now, focuses a lot on big actual like battles, like a huge war is happening between different uh, medieval kingdoms, and that plays a central role in the plot of the actual series. But going forward, a lot of the battles are more one on one, like guts versus giant demon, um, or guts versus you know a select group of people or a select person. So I'm interested to see how the game is going to progress as you actually go through it, because Dynasty Warriors type games like this, 
you're always fighting masses of enemies. And I don't imagine that's going to change because that would be a completely different type of game. But I'm definitely interested to see where it's going to go. There, there was, um, I watched a, um, a video on it, um, and I don't, I don't know how far into the game it was supposed to be. I definitely saw some one-on-one stuff Yeah. Uh, with the game. So I don't know how that would, cause the only game I've played that's anything like this was Hyrule Warriors. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was, it was fun playing as different Zelda characters. I don't like that type of gameplay, uh, similar to you. I, I'd like mm-hmm. to be a little more engaged, but I love like the action of Berserk. And, yeah, um, that's the thing. It just like, feels like nice. Like guts and swinging that sword around. Like, cause I think they constantly describe it as it doesn't so much cut as it crushes. Yeah. So, like just, that's yeah. so They spend a lot of time a in slab of metal. Yeah. They spend a lot of time <laughs> describing that weapon <laughs> because it's great. It's, uh, it was so, the first real big sword before cloud did it before yeah, squall before cloud, did it. You had yeah. guts. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like it, I'm very, very interested in this game. Like, I don't like this this style of gameplay at all. But I really like the I like early Berserk. Uh, it starts to get a little more typical anime. I felt uh, a little bit later, which you know, I was like, eh. Uh, but like the the aesthetic and in the early storyline, at least that I'm familiar with from Berserk, is super awesome, and it's enough to make me like, hmm. Maybe yeah. a sale goes on. I'll pick this up. Yeah, it definitely seems like for a lot of people, this would be a uh, went on sale type of purchase for Berserk fans because it it isn't Dark Souls, it isn't Neo, it isn't anything really engaging, but it is a fun video game. Yeah. Um, and where you know there hasn't, I haven't encountered any sort of challenge yet. Um, like six or seven missions in, uh, I haven't it, it, a challenge as far as like staying alive or defeating enemies. Uh, it's mostly just mashing buttons through hordes of. Mm-hmm enemies and, and making sure you get to this point um, before your army is crushed or whatever. But there are challenges within the levels where you can unlock uh, different things. It's just mostly like picture rewards. You can go into the gallery and look at them. So there's no like tangible thing necessarily. You can you get like some in-game rewards, but it's just like, oh, can you challenge yourself? Can you beat this person or um, take down this tower within this certain amount of time? And that's where the game starts to get more interesting when you take away the fact that you're just slashing through hordes of uh, no-faced enemies, and that is, it's a hack and slash maneuver. It doesn't, it doesn't require any skill. But then when you're looking at the actual challenges, if you can see it almost as if it's a different type of game, like I need to complete this thing in this way and, and do it this fast, um, it adds a new layer to it. And then I realize like that is what the game is. That's the challenge of the game. It isn't, can I survive fighting a thousand men at the same time? Let me tell you, yes, you can, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> um, but the real challenge comes from being able to complete things in a, in a certain amount of time or in a certain way or whatever it is. Um, and that added a nice little, uh, I guess, meta to the game that I wasn't expecting. Wrinkle. Yeah, a little a nice little wrinkle that I was not expecting when going into this. Um, I was just drawn in by being a, a huge Berserk fanboy. Word. And uh, nice. I, we, had a, we had a response about that. Should I read that now? Uh, yeah. Okay. Our our good friend Sen Plus wrote in, and he he yeah. I'll, we can read the rest of the question later. But he asked how I was getting on with Berserk and what my impression of the pacing so far might be. Well, I'm seven missions in, and I'm still pretty early in the game or in the <laughs> series. So I feel like this game is going to keep going on for a very long time. We'll see. Just like the manga, <laughs> you'll probably be massive. Yeah, but that's cool. That's cool. We kind of talked about Neo today, and we talked about this, um, and it's. They're both very different games, but it doesn't mean you can't enjoy them. Right. Like, and that's what I like about games. We get that variety. And um, 
and you're not going to like all of them and you go and you're like and some people like and some people will um, and it's great in a game like Neo or in a game like Dark Souls where each encounter uh, takes a certain amount of skill, uh, it's a real, a lot of times it feels like a one-on-one challenge where I need to be on top of my game to be able to defeat this, you know, yokai that I've just run into or this hollow that I've just run into, whatever it is. Um, but with these Muso games, and especially with Berserk, you are just so much stronger than everything around you at all times. Um, and to a lot of people, that probably sounds boring. That doesn't sound like it's interesting in any way. Um, but it is fun. And sometimes all video games need to be is fun. It's fun. Despite yeah, exactly. how, how yeah. dark uh, Berserk is as a series uh, and the direction that it's going. And I really want to see how that's handled um, in the video game uh, because you're sort of getting a very abridged version of the story. But yeah, so far for berserk fans it's it's super super fun and i imagine if somebody likes these muso style games uh that they could find a lot of fun in this too but without knowing berserk i don't know how enjoyable it would be um the people would just be talking to each other and you'd be like yeah sure why is his name guts that's stupid (laughs) 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 who's this white-haired lady who keeps talking to me um (laughs) so yeah vader i recommend you check out berserk maybe not the video game but definitely check out the series just not when the kids are around Oh, no, yeah, exactly. No. I've been wanting to, um, especially when I started hearing that were there were um, links and inspiration in Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to, but it's it's kind of not hard to get get hold of. Yeah, it was really. <laughs> I, so I spent the better part of the last year tracking down the entire series, and uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily cheap. <laughs> yeah, that's the hard thing. Uh, I'm surprised to hear Stephen talking about liking it in email and. Uh, I know. Well, I know. Just look at its con- what is it connected to? Come on. Come on. <laughs> I just I just smell a hypocrite there. <laughs> no, the, as soon as it starts to get a little anime, I'm like, nah. Like the yeah, only you, other anime actually... I, I really liked was uh, Attack on Titan. And then as soon as like that's very started, anime. Yeah, I found that out after like the sixth episode. I'm like, oh, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> like it was um, like, people getting killed by titans. It was super awesome. And then as soon as it turned into something else, I was like, oh, I don't like there's this. There's a, a market point in Berserk where you can tell that the editors started to say, "Hey, man, you wanna uh, you wanna maybe lighten this up a little bit? It's getting it's getting pretty messed up for a weekly magazine. Can you please stop?" Uh, and there's a little bit of a shift, up, but, but it ends up getting pretty dark. again. So um yeah so yeah that's yeah. that's berserk it's um for fans of this series it's it's been a ton of fun i'm just for so fans happy of to the see genre. for fans of the genre yeah um <laughs> it's nothing it's nothing impressive but just uh i'm a fanboy of berserk i like it more than i like a lot of other things so to have a video game and to be able to uh be guts is 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 right so that's that and it'd be similar to how steven would uh play batman games yep right okay even if they were bad <laughs> it's like I completely get that. So, to tell us about Risen Evil Seven DLC. Yeah. So, have you guys played any of this, Steven? You said you sold it, right? Yeah. Well, I we, I heard you guys talking about DLC last week a little bit, and uh, I think it was last week. But it comes up a yes. lot. <laughs> and I I actually like the way that Resident Evil uh, has handled DLC. Um, part of me thinks for anybody who doesn't know they're they're releasing right now uh they're called i think it's called band footage and it's been like two or three levels at a time um one of them is like sort of a survival type mode you have to survive five rounds against 
uh, hordes of enemies, um, which is, seems very different from Resident Evil, but it still fits very well and it's actually very scary. Uh, and the other one is sort of solving a puzzle room without getting caught and, and being able to escape. And they just released two more that I haven't played yet, but I was looking at them a little bit. And as much as I have enjoyed, especially like the puzzle room, I can't really see that fitting into the main game very well. And this is where I think that DLC can actually work pretty well. Um, if I was playing the main game of Resident Evil 7 and I had to do all of these DLCs, I probably would feel like the game was uh, too long and just like yeah. overstaying its welcome. But once I had finished the game and put it down for a week, when I came back and said, oh, there's more to this game, I can play it now. Uh, and it's separate from the main game. I don't have to go through anything. I'm able to just like have a fun interactive experience, like a, a fun, scary experience um, involved in that same world. But I don't have to uh, sit down and play through half the campaign to get to the part that I bought for $10 more, you know, so I don't have is to it, use it just accessible from the menu because yep, it's, it's supposed to be it's just as tapes, right? Yeah, it's just, uh, but they're just modes that you go into. Okay. It's just an additional huh. level that you're playing, basically. And different uh, versions of each, um, some of them are harder than others, to give it like more bang for your buck. Now, if this was PS2, when Resident Evil 4 was released, all of those extra modes that were separate from the main game, but they were there, right yeah. on the disc, I didn't have to spend any extra money for them. It would be great if that's how games still were, but that's not really how not. the games it's industry still is. So when it comes to DLC, I liked the way that this was done. The constant complaint is if you cut it out of the main game just to put it on the side, like I don't like that. And generally I don't like that either. You know, I don't want to be having to pay more money for extra content. Even if it does go further to to fund a game that's being sold at a loss at $60. Um but these experience, again, if they were in the main game, I probably would have been like rolling my eyes at them and been, okay, when does this end? Not that I'm not, I wasn't enjoying the game because I really liked Resident Evil 7. But there's a certain point where you're like, I feel like I've earned an ending now, especially in a horror mm-hmm. game. Yeah, so, say, horror especially, like it can suffer from, like it, it can all be good content, but because the pacing is so like stressful, mm-hmm. you can just get real. T- that's my issue with Resident Evil. I think Resident Evil 4 is too long. Uh, it is it is too long yeah like a good like 10 15 hours like i think that game's too long Um, so dlc like this where it's just giving me more to do with the game i bought it's fun and i and then full-on expansion packs like we you know you get with the witcher or um elder scrolls things where you can just or even dark souls it's basically a full expansion pack um yeah um the only thing with dark souls that i ever struggle with is great i'm always like at the beginning of a new game plus or something. And I'm like, Oh, I got to go through half game before I can get to the stuff. I just, bought. Mm-hmm. um, but what do you guys like for, for DLC? Is there anything DLC that you actually do really enjoy the way that it's used? Dark souls. Dark souls. Yeah. I say, <laughs> I, I'm a psycho and I have like seven different characters, uh, all ready to do any part of the content in every game. Um, <laughs> like it's, it's real bad guys. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like dark souls is like, it's I, I understand what you're saying though. Like um, with, with something like Resident Evil Seven, like it was, I thought it was very well paced and like it ended right when I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, okay, I'm ready to be done with this game. Not that I was tired of it, but I was like, I'm ready to see the ending. Like I earned an ending. Yeah. That was a very yeah. good way to put it. Uh, and so having these short little experiences like this that I can just go into real quick for a quick taste of it, and it, it's not as long as the rest of the game, um, but I still feel like I got a complete experience out of it. I I think I like that with 
like stuff like a horror game or like mm-hmm. maybe like a high action game, like uh, like a, like an Uncharted or something like that, yeah. where it's yeah. like you know you like, go and I you do a set piece and then mm-hmm, exactly yeah. I just get a little chapter uh, and I, I get a little microcosm of the game that I get to enjoy a little bit of. Mm-hmm. Vader, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have a hard time with DLC. I, I find it very cynical mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first heard Resident Evil's got DLC, I kind of was like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, how are they going to, like, you're sneaking through a mansion and it's horror. And how are they going to, is it going to add a new room? Or something? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? There's a second uh, bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I, I found it very strange, mm-hmm. uh, but hearing it, it sounds like the approach it better. But again, I, that stuff. Well, the cool in thing Resident about Evil two and three, that was already in the game. It's like, yeah. there was the mercenary stuff. There was the side stuff you could do. Um, I, I don't mind it when it's not taking away. I talked about it last week. So I don't, yeah, yeah. Dra- like Dragon that. Age, I, Dragon Age, um, I, again, I'm going to repeat it again because I think it's a dick move, um, to have NPCs you talk to who talk about the DLC yeah. and you go, or right, I'll go do that quest. And then it takes you to the PSN to, to download mm-hmm. it. I had the exact it's same like experience that you were talking about last week. Mass it's so three frustrating. Did the same exact thing. That's that's when DLC is at its worst. Um, I tend not to buy much DLC. I've bought The Witcher and I bought Dark Souls and mm-hmm. I bought DLC. I bought The Witcher because I wanted. I still haven't played it because I just haven't had the time. You wanted those Gwent cards. I <laughs> wanted those Gwent cards. <laughs> um, uh, the Witcher is a very special so, example because it's it's bigger than that expansion is bigger than most games. Yeah, exactly. That's like, so it's it's like, like, <laughs> I approve of their DLC despite not playing it. Um, another one, Dishonored. I thought it was I thought it was really cool um, yes. that you're actually playing the game from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. You're playing as effectively the bad guy. Yeah, and I think that's a really cool touch, and it deserves DLC. But and my problem is, there's too many games tarnish the name DLC, and so we look worse at it mm-hmm. um and that's my example with, with resident evil I, I look at it when i first heard about it, i was like really that sucks yeah but this, the actual reality is if it actually it, it adds more fun to the game and if it and it can add, add alternative ways of playing the game and and it can be worth the money whereas yeah so i, I think too i think my i my the term DLC is is a dirty word for me in a lot of ways. Oh, no, definitely. Um, the reason I bring up this Resident Evil DLC isn't isn't necessarily just because of the way that it was used, but like you, I don't buy DLC for anything. Even with like, I'm a big Final Fantasy fan, and, and 15 is getting some DLC and or expansions, whatever they are. Um, and a part of me was like, oh yeah, hell yeah, I'm I'm on board. I'm going to be there. I'm going to find out what was going on. But now that it's been a few months, I will probably play final fantasy 15 again at some point but i don't really care about the dlc i'm realizing um yeah. Yeah. i bought i've bought just like you dark souls uh the witcher and now resident evil is the only thing uh that i've bought dlc for and this does still feel a little bit dirty i'll be honest because it should have been on the disc i like really? that it's not in the main game but it's something that you could very much have had on the disc uh, and it was out within a week of the game. That's yeah. true. So this isn't That's exactly content that, you know, yeah. came way down the road. It's not like when Elder Scrolls Oblivion started putting out DLC like a year later and you were like, oh, okay. Or the, the expansion coming, came out a year later or this or that. When, yeah. when things are way further down the line, you know, like, okay, they've actually just been working on this. This wasn't something they deprived me of. This is something that they're exactly. saying, hey, this is here too if you want it. 
Um, like with The Witcher 3, Blood and Wine came out a full year, basically, after yeah. the original game. Um, so it was, yeah, it was my game of the year two years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's why the Dark Souls do it. I like Dark Souls DLC because it's actually adding to the the world. And to me, I just can keep playing Dark Souls. Like I'm happy to play more Dark Souls, and it is just more Dark mm-hmm. Souls. Um, and going back to Dishonored, I actually really like the approach, but I actually have stopped playing Dishonored. Well, I really enjoyed Dishonored One, but I stopped playing the DLC to move on to D- Dishonored Two. Yeah, because these are both recently. Yes. I played them. I didn't play them originally. Um, because I found it kind of frustrating because it restricts you down from your your gear, like you were doing the same abilities you did when mm-hmm. I, I was used to yeah. playing Dishonored with all my superpowers, <laughs> and then now I'm playing Dishonored without my superpowers. I'm like, I don't want to do this, and so um, too soon. But if you hadn't played Dishonored for six months, and then the DLC came, you're like, oh, I get to play as the you know the antagonist in this game. That's cool. So I could see the benefit of that. Um, but yeah, when it drops so soon after, I yeah, it's as you say, it's very cynical, um, and you know that that's really that they had it ready. They could have just had it on the disc. Yeah, it does sort of feel that way. And when stuff. I compare it to Resident Evil Four, which had so many extra things on the disc, especially the PS2 version, um, I like the way that it was implemented. But it still does, in some ways, feel a little dirty, like you're saying. Um, yeah. But I was so high on the fun I had with Resident Evil Seven that I was willing to die into it. But I haven't bought the second pack yet because now I'm not as keen to go back to it. Although, again, I do like the way that it's used. I do like the experiences you're getting with them. Um, but I don't want to spend another $10 just yet. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It, it, it all depends on on how worth it, it is for you. And I think not even so much that I, I like them to wait, not just because I know that they had it ready and it could have just been on the disc, but also because, like like you were saying with Dishonored as well, like it's kind of nice to have that that space between it um so you can you can go away from it and then you can come back for a shorter more concentrated experience um i had that with the last of us i loved that game so Mm -hmm. much when it came out and then i went away from it and then when that dlc dropped which was an amazing piece of dlc um I, you know, it was like six months to a year. I don't even really remember when it was was released, but I didn't play it till I didn't play it till the PS4, uh, is whenever I actually got to it. And Mm -hmm. that was perfect. Uh, because I'd spent so much time away from it. I was able to come back and it was, it was a nice reintroduction to everything and to get to experience that this extra story that, you know, it, it added to the game in a way without making it feel like they left something out. Um, so yeah, I think having that buffer of space there is super important to how DLC is implemented. Yep. But okay. Yep. And don't don't have NPCs talking about it in your game. No, that's, <laughs> Bioware is that's so the worst. Bad at that kind of stuff. Can't stand that shit. Yay. Um. All right. I'll just talk about one last game this week. I'm gonna skip one of these. Uh. Got to do Stardew Valley chat. I know God Jeremy's not here. <laughs> that was the way. Oh. We're not skipping Stardew Valley. So me and Jeremy have been talking a lot recently. Um, but I say recently, I say every single day for basically the last two months, uh, going back and forth, talking about our farms and, uh, and, and how they're coming along. We both just recently, uh, discovered the magic of sheds. Have you guys heard about these things? Do you you guys know about (laughs) sheds? You can put them. So here's the thing with sheds. You can put them outside of your house on your land. You got this? You can put, you can put them outside your house on your land in your yard and you can put other things inside of them. (laughs) And it saves so much space. So you got your mayo machines. You got your cheese making machines. You get your kegs if you want to put those in there. So many different things you can put in a shed 
and it saves so much space. It makes your lawn look great. You don't have all these weird mayo machines pumping out duck mayo left and right. You don't have to deal with any of that. And these are the types of things that that, that separate the successful farmers from the amateur farmers. And I, I just want to commend Jeremy uh, on his growth. And I, I just want to say from all of us here, um, speaking on the behalf of Stephen Invader, we're very proud of you, Jeremy. So uh, great, just great job. I've been creating all of these like memes, I guess, of, of Silent Hill 2 uh, pictures, just putting the Stardew Valley logo over them. I do like those, actually. In, in my restless dreams, I see that town, Stardew Valley. But, uh, I, just, I just hope you have resource consent for those sheds or, or the three meters away from your neighbor's uh, your fence. <laughs> and I'm the only Enjoy. one. I'm the only one in town with a farm. All right. There's just nothing but woods right, on either good. side. <laughs> oh, good, good. <laughs> yeah, um, but I know that everybody keeps talking about this game, and and for those who have yet to be convinced to play it, there is so much more underneath the surface of this than I could have ever imagined. I don't want to just repeat things that have already been said, but like recently last week, and I, I was playing Neo, and I glance over at my girlfriend's computer, see she's playing Stardew Valley, and within 15 minutes, she discovered two new areas that after 70 hours I had never seen before. So this game is still managing to like blow my mind with like secret dungeons and secret enemies and secret new ways to store things in your yard. That's sheds. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I'm kind of nervous to play it now because I heard a bit that it was a good game when it came out. It was like a year ago mm-hmm. or so now. But then it's only in the last few. Is it just because it just released on the PlayStation? Yeah, it really? just released on PlayStation yeah. not too long ago. Yeah. So, so I heard about it and people were saying it was good, but that's all I really knew. But it was. Basically, I just understood it to be a farm simulator, mm-hmm. kind of like um, Harvest Moon kind of thing. And it's just, it just didn't appeal to me. And it's like, oh, it's cool. People are liking it. But the magic that you guys talk about it, I'm just worried I'm going to get it and go, this is not what they said. <laughs> Here's the thing. Because <laughs> you guys have talked so much sugar about it. I'm a, bit, I'm a little apprehensive now because it just sounds amazing and wonderful. And <laughs> I don't know, like Willy Wonka's wonderful land of... Stardew Valley. I don't know if you guys know my Stardew Valley secret, but Stephen, go ahead. Oh, well, no, I was going to say, I, I play up that I don't like Stardew Valley. I actually really love Stardew Valley. <laughs> I just don't have time to play it. Yeah. Uh, well, like, that's my problem. I have to prioritize. Like the ga- Here's the thing. I hate thing. I, I really can't stand playing uh, games like Minecraft or, or um, Don't Starve. Like I hate survival games. I hate like Resource management, like that kind you, of you stuff. You hate fun. You can just say it. It's fine. I, I, sure. <laughs> I love that stuff in Stardew. If Stardew was just the farming, I would love that game so much. You could make it so just the relaxing. farming if you wanted it to be. Sometimes I do. But then, like, then you go down to the dungeons, and then, like, this weird stuff. Like, I had a witch show up in my place, and I had, like, a magic potato uh, <laughs> I could do stuff with. It's, it's weird. I had an <laughs> asteroid. I had a purple asteroid crash into my yard twice like if you like like kind of like it, it, this is such a loaded term to add on to but this is the thing that finally got me to buy it and i wasn't disappointed if you like the tone of twin peaks yeah cj was saying that you should play this game because it is so that and it's amazing it's so good uh also teaser i don't know what happens because uh, I don't know, I stopped listening to your Stardew Valley podcast, uh, uh, Chris. Like, I, I shut it off <laughs> as soon as you guys started getting to this kind of stuff. You could apparently leave Stardew Valley. That's a thing, I True. guess. Um, so, which is so, crazy. 
when I started playing, this is my deep dark secret. I did not like Stardew Valley. I had just spent my fifteen dollars or whatever it was, <laughs> and I played it for a few minutes, and I was like, oh boy. <laughs> what did I get myself into? Because I never was interested in any of these farming simulators or anything like that. It just didn't appeal to me. But people kept telling me that when it first released on PC, that I would like it. And I would see uh, articles written about it. And I was like, well, that does sound kind of cool. Like, it's PC. I don't really play games on PC very much. I don't know. It's a farming simulator. So I finally picked it up on PS4 um, after being convinced by its new fresh hot release. And... Yeah, didn't like it. I played it for a few like in-game days. Went through a few in-game days, uh, and then I was brought to the community center. And there's this little like scene where you're shown around, and uh, there's just people talking to you about things that I didn't know anything about yet. Uh, and then the next day, I was asked to go to the wizard's tower, and I was like, yep. uh, "Okay, so well. there's a wizard in Stardew Valley. <laughs> like it's just like a normal farming town. There's a little and shop, a library, and there's just a wizard's tower in the forest south of town. So like, all right, I guess I'll go there." But then I went there and I talked to this guy and he just told me a bunch of things that I didn't care about. And he made me drink some, some drugs. He, I drank some drugs and I got all trippy and then I didn't really know what happened. And I got bored and I turned it off. But a few days later I was like, well, I spent the money, so I should probably go back and try to play this game again. And I realized that I hadn't saved and I had to play through that game or that day again and almost just totally quit Stardew Valley. Uh, because it's just the sort of like laborious tutorial sections mm-hmm. of games can sometimes totally knock the wind out of me. But yep. uh, I managed to get through that. And then once I felt like I was starting to understand what I was doing, the ball started rolling and it still hasn't stopped. Like the fact that there are still so many secrets to this game. After I now make, you know, 20,000 gold a day, where before I was making 20 gold a day. Um, I'm able to buy all the upgrades I want from my house. I've, I've married and had two kids. I'm living a very successful life in Stardew Valley. <laughs> but there are still so many little things that I have yet to see or experience. Um, there's two entire new zones that I haven't been able to find. Because I did see that my girlfriend was in them, but she didn't tell me how she got there or what she did. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, and now she, she doesn't play video games, but now she's uh, another 70 hours into Stardew Valley. Like That's It's awesome. totally sucked her in, too. Um, it's just that type of game that if you let it be mundane, it will be mundane. Um, a lot of times I found myself doing that when I was playing it, I would throw a podcast on and be more focused on the podcast really than anything else. Uh, in the game, you have your energy management. Um, and I reached a point where my energy wouldn't really deplete. So I would be, it would be like 2 PM in the game. I'd have full energy, but I'd be like, well, I, uh, milked all my cows and I, uh, got all my crops so i don't need to do anything today and i would you know go to bed in the game and that'd be uh, another day wasted but when you start to look around you maybe this is teaching me a valuable lesson for real life <laughs> but when i started to look around and, and and poke at different things and realize that there is so much more that you could do every single day to build out um how much money you can make at first but then there's ways to make things more convenient but then there's just more interesting little things that happen um, there was a mysterious man leaving me notes telling me to leave secret items and secret drop-off points. And I followed this weird quest line um, to a strange conclusion. I know conclusion. I know that Jeremy's in the middle of it right now. He's basically solving a weird riddle about a sand dragon. Um, I told him, Jeremy, you got to go talk to that sand dragon. That's, that's not a joke. That's just a thing you got to do. Because this <laughs> game is insane. And there's just so many layers to it. And I miss games that have had things like 
it, it in a is, weird though, way is almost like the first Dark Souls game when you realize how much more is there. It's just Stardew like Stardew Valley. Valley. The Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> I just think the storytelling and the engagement with the world is similar to that. <laughs> no, I know. It, the, the cool thing about like there are so many layers, but every layer is so satisfying. Like man, like the first time I cut grass in the game, I was like, oh. This this is a thing. Like just doing that kind of stuff, like the sound and the music. Like I want to listen to the podcast, but I also just want to listen to the game. Yeah, it's, if that makes stuff. sense. Like all of the sounds are just so relaxing and nice, but then it's also a very fun game that has very weird, quirky characters and awesome storylines and quests. And and you got you got to go down to the cave. You got to find find cool stuff for the museum. Yeah, it's a it's a. T- Sounds exciting. It's stolen our, our hearts and our uh, our podcast time for a reason. If you yeah, for sure. if you give it the energy, if you, if you let it be uh, the fun, mysterious, cool, quirky thing that it is, you can have a lot of fun with it. If you want to treat it like a farming simulator and and nothing else, uh, you might grow bored with it pretty quickly. But uh, mm-hmm. that's Stardew Valley chat. I hope I made Jeremy proud. I'm sure you. I'm sure you have. <laughs> No, it's, it's, that's what I mean. Like you make it sound so good. Like I'm scared to buy it, and and, and yeah, yeah. Well, if you do, just yeah. remember. Like I said, I didn't like it at first, and here I am now. Um, just um, just imagine that one decision. The whole world would be a different place oh, if you just didn't. I I think that yeah, our podcast for the last several weeks would just would be different if I hadn't if I hadn't gone down that path. <laughs> Life is that much brighter because of it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's that's really cool. Uh, that pivotal moment in Chris's life when he, when he decided to play Stardew Valley. That day after you tell your grandkids about yep, this. The day after Christmas when I was way too hungover to do anything but play Stardew Valley. <laughs> maybe, maybe cut that out when you tell the grandkids. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it was just a little bit of Christmas oh, magic. Stuff. That was all. Yeah, that's what it was. Good stuff. Okay. Okay. So, um, I'm, is it coming to the Switch? Because this one I think I'd like on the Switch. Oh, it, it would be a perfect fit. I certainly Holy hope cow, so. That would be perfect for it. Playing it handheld, you could take it. Oh, oh don't even get me started. I say, if I if I saw it on my Vita, <laughs> I would definitely be playing it on my Vita. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, I think we've had a really good chat of different games. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be all on Neo, but we we managed to do a good chunk of Neo and a whole bunch of other games as well. Oh. Um, before we're kind of pushing our time, yeah. but just. Uh, um, we didn't get too much uh, feedback, but we did get um, we, we talked to, we did answer the question about Berserk. Um, quick question from Sim Plus again, Sentinel Plus. He said, "Who is down for Horizon Zero Dawn? Can we get a hands up?" Uh, yeah, currently raising both of my hands. Done. <laughs> no, I almost <laughs> I canceled my I'm... pre-order, and then what? just because because just because of like money, and I had just bought a game and oh. blah blah blah, and then I saw a um, maybe five second GIF. Jeff, if you're Jeremy, uh, of the game. And I was like, yeah, no, I can't cancel. I need to play this game. Yeah, dude, you fight robot dinosaurs with a bow and arrow. <laughs> it's like, pretty this cool. This going to be um, amazing. <laughs> I'm thinking I might be skipping it for now oh, just because of uh, Zelda. Right, yeah, that, well, you're I mean, buying a console, thing. so... <laughs> yeah, that, I think yeah. you're okay. That's fine. You have priorities. Um, <laughs> and I... I've got so many. I still, I still haven't got through that far in Final Fantasy Fifteen. So I mean, what I wanted to wait for the story DLC. Mm-hmm. I've got so much open worldness to get through. Certainly, a lot of it. I, I, I think I just need to bite my lip and not do it. Because um, oh, it'll I'm still keen. be there. Um, it's fine. Exactly. Exactly. It's not going anywhere. And in a year's time or six months' time, I can play it and then bring it back up, and everyone would not be interested because yeah. they've replayed it. Not be interested. Get away from that Gunblade DLC. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've got two. I think I think Jeremy's way into it. I'm pretty sure Cliff is into. I think everybody is is. Um, and I'll be playing Zelda. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. Which is also going to be an awesome. Game. Uh, other questions? We'll skip those. Uh, oh, Lord, Lord of the Likes, Knight Twitter asked us, uh, are you guys participating in the Return to Drain Lake event this weekend? What's your favorite Dark Souls 2 moments? Uh, I'm pretty sure you will, Stephen. You, you can't well, not play Dark Souls. I, I'm, I'm going to start preparing as soon as we get done with this. Nice. What about you? <laughs> I'm definitely Chris? interested. I've definitely been thinking about it. Uh, I like Dark Souls 2, I think, a lot more than a lot of people do, but um, I don't know if I have time this weekend so that's going to be kind of a drag but i if time if time allows i'm definitely going to be look it does, the the kind of the event uh planned event is looking to go through to 11th of march is when oh the, cool cool the, the, the mm-hmm. target of people finishing looks like i'll have time um, i i would love to and i'd be seriously thinking about it but i've just got so many other things to play yeah yeah <laughs> it, i have nothing to until horizon right now so but what about your oh, favorite Dark so Souls much. 2 moments? Yes, that's a, that's a tricky question. I, I was actually talking about, I was explaining this, the, um, this, the, oh, her name slipped out of my mind. Uh, Why is that gone? I was talking to my wife about this morning. Shalot? Um, who? The Emerald Herald? The uh, Emerald Herald. Hello, Anne? <laughs> you mean a real person? fighting lady, you get a gear. Oh, man, this is shocking. Wait, Lucatiel? Oh, Lucatiel, yeah. Lucatiel! <laughs> How bad is that? <laughs> well, that's what happens to her too. She oh, starts to lose her memory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was, I was actually discussing that with my wife about how Dark Souls Two actually um, touches points of dementia and mm-hmm. memory loss, um, and and how um, the story of Neo Loki and his, his stepfather, mm. and how personal that is to him, and how it, it it changed how the game feels. And I think that's a that's a it's a big one. It's it's sometimes in games don't need to take themselves too seriously, but it's interesting when games can and actually not directly, but indirectly tell a message and, and portray a story um, that many can miss, mm-hmm. um, but actually kind of kind of hit home very heavily with people. Um, and when, as I explained that, that to her, to her, cause I was just, just talking about explaining who Neo Loki was, cause we've had a bit of a back and forth about how he thinks Odin should throw frozen peas at me. <laughs> um, so I was explaining who he was and the story came up um, and she kind of was like, and I explained Lucatil and, and she kind of said, that, yeah, my, my, her, her Oma is kind of going through that at the moment is kind of um, forgetting things and forgetting people and how, how, how important and it is to understand, I guess life uh, does go that way and how we need to cherish the moments we do have. So that, that is one that's kind of struck home recently as well. Um, uh, just how serious that that message is. There's there's a lot of a video game. power in some yeah, of the things yeah. that Dark Souls Two communicates. Yeah, so that that'd be a, a one that was just pertinent this morning. So I was talking yeah. about that, that that story arc with my wife this morning. I think, and then I forgot her name. <laughs> yeah, I think one of my favorite moments was probably right at the beginning, walking into Majula for the first time. Yeah. Um, I was saying this on Don't Give a Skeleton, but. I had read a, a soapstone message about like uh, something about danger ahead. So I put my shield up and I just very slowly <laughs> walked into Majula and then the music starts playing and it's just the sunset in this gorgeous landscape. One of my favorite video game locations ever. Uh, and I'm just slowly walking forward, getting more and more relaxed as I go thinking, 
okay, is it over yet? Is it, is the danger over? Is this really okay? <laughs> and then finally just being able to let my guard down and look around. And I miss the Emerald Herald, but, uh, and then two other big highlights is the first time that you see Kendrick. And then mm. uh, when you see, what's her name? Nishandra, the queen. The very first time that you see her sitting on her throne, it scared oh, the living shit out of me. I don't know why, yeah. but just her sitting there. Yeah. I didn't know she was the bad guy or anything. I just I just saw her and it was an unsettling moment for Dark Souls. You don't see royalty. You don't meet like real important figures in the flesh. Uh, and that's what I thought that I was doing. And it just felt so otherworldly and and. and strange and off there seems like something was really wrong with it there was something really wrong with it um and so that moment always stuck out in my mind yeah for sure there's special awe to that kind of Mm -hmm. experience it kind of yeah i can't remember if his music was playing or not or whatnot but it didn't have a against it being super dark and rainy out Mm -hmm. uh like this whole time and that's a hard level like castle dragon like is is very intense like it's that game's real hard and that is an incredibly hard part of that game and then you see that you're like what yeah like it's so it's different than seeing um guinevere in dark souls one um because like there's there's all this music playing and you know you you're coming off the high of beating possibly the hardest boss in that game Mm -hmm. um and uh, this one, it's like, it's just so out of left field and, and intentionally wrong, but very subtle about it. Like, it, that is a super good moment. I hadn't even thought of that. And then opening yeah, that. It's before one of the lame bosses. Yeah. Yeah. Lame bosses. Yes. yeah. <laughs> but opening that, uh, opening the door to King Vendrick for the first time. Yeah. I don't know what I was expecting, but I just remember being very surprised it's that super, it's what was, <laughs> that piano music starts playing. It just hits you with it. You're like, whoa, hey, hold on. What? what? Uh and I was like, is this a boss or is this an NPC? <laughs> like, what am I looking at right here? Is that just an enemy? Boss. Is that Vendrick? <laughs> that can't be him. I've been hearing about this dude this whole time. And then you just walk by him. And it's like that whole thing is kind of effective. The fact that you don't fight him or you don't have to fight him makes him almost scarier in my mind. Things that are, are strange and just a little bit left of center, things that are a little bit different than and they should be are scarier to me than things that are full on like horror. So with these two, they're the old king and queen. They're just just a little bit off of what my expectations would be. So they they unsettled me and they really stuck with me in cool ways. That is yeah, very very cool. And and from what I understand, Miyazaki, that's kind of his design approach to a lot of things is to make things just swipe that off and weird mm-hmm. rather than making them full horror or full full gore or whatever. Um, so yeah, cool cool yeah steven um you anything on ed when the credits roll no i'm just kidding i'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding because you're sitting on your throne <laughs> this, is, this is another this is another no this is another thing i i love saying dark souls 2 is a bad game just to watch people fall apart it's really fun um doesn't ever, uh, everybody say it's a bad game no no but then like well not Apparently anymore not. no because dark souls 3 came out <laughs> so everybody <laughs> loves dark souls 2 now um that's a joke. Uh, no, I, I. Well, it's true though, that, and it'll change once the next. Yeah, once the next game, that, come, game comes, out, Dark Souls Three was so good. Um, nostalgia Souls is the best boss. Uh, no, but uh, uh, I actually, for as much as I love dogging on Dark Souls Two, I love um, two parts in particular. One was the uh, the scholar. Um, pretty much any time he shows up and he has dialogue is like that's some of my favorite dialogue in the series. Whenever he speaks. Um, but especially his ending, um, 
he says something along the lines of beyond the, the reach of light, beyond the, the scope of dark, there is no path yet. We will seek it insatiably. And I'm like, man, is that, that is, that's dark souls. That is the line <laughs> that is dark souls. Like that's so good. That's such a good like piece of writing. And like the way it's delivered is absolutely fantastic. Um, and then actually it was a moment where after I first beat it, uh, I beat Dark Souls 2 for the first time. And Dark Souls 2 is the first game in the series I beat. Uh, and then I went back and immediately uh, went back and I, I didn't go into New Game Plus, but I started a new character. And I heard the line of, you'll stand at its gates and forget why you were here. And I was like, oh my God, I did. I had mm-hmm. completely forgotten my character's motivation for coming here. You know, that I was, I was having to cure this curse. It's like, no, I have to, I'm on this quest to defeat Vendrick because that's what the Emerald Herald told me this whole time. And she says that every time you come back to talk to her to level up, like people make fun of her dialogue being the same thing, you, the less, less seek um, every time you go to level up. But having that, that cyclical dialogue be beaten into your head, like, hey, you need to become powerful so you can usurp the king. That is why you're here. Not you came here to find a cure for yourself. Um, I thought that that was just such a neat moment. That I don't know if it was entirely intentional, but it definitely worked for me. Yeah, it definitely does feel like it is is, is part of the game mm-hmm. design and and storytelling. Um, yeah, that is cool. Yeah, nice. I, I like those answers. Good job, guys. <laughs> we got we got kind of serious for a minute there. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a uh, pause for yeah Dramatic seriousness. Well, it's probably, we probably could get a laugh out of Josh's questions. We probably need to wrap it up soon, yeah, but okay. I kind of want to answer his questions. Um, Let's do a rapid fire. Let's do time. rapid fire oh, questions. God. Rapid fire. Oh, boy. Done, done. Okay. Uh, first question. If you could make a fast food chain based on all around... <laughs> I haven't actually read these yet. All around hunks, what would you call it and what would your signature meal be? Um, it'd be called Sam and Dean. Yeah. <laughs> what would your signature meal be called? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I would, think um, a good one. I would call it hunkies. Yeah, the hunkies is good. Yeah, what, what, is would a good call your, what would you call your dish? Um, Sam's hair. Sam's hair. Oh, gross. Uh, I would call it – I would call the food chain. It would just be meat, and our signature meal would be hunk of meat. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Like, like the caveman ones? Yeah. You get a hunk of meat. Yeah, it's, it's like a bone. Turkey, like, it looks yeah. like the wall meat yeah. from Pennsylvania. <laughs> Um, there you go. Seventeen. Uh, okay. Next question: If you had a journal tied to a family member, which member of your family would produce the most mythological entries? Oh, it's Dad's journal, of course. Dad's Dad, journal. Yeah, the Dad staple. It's a staple of the genre. These questions. Dad's journal. Directed to This is a very supernatural <laughs> directed question. I think these all are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of, except for the last one. Um, if Chris and Steven were in Supernatural-style t- TV show, would the pranks and the banter get in the way of their relationship? I would, I, yes. my, yeah, so my initial response to this was off the cuff. I was going to say yes, because we can't even get through an episode of a podcast. But you know what? <laughs> At the end, we always do get through it. We always do get to the end of it, despite all our pranks and banter. So I'm going to say, no, it would not get in the way of our relationship. In fact, at the end of the season, we'd have a cool montage of all of our pranks and banter, and it'd mm-hmm. be a real good time. And then we get hit by a semi truck. Pranks and banter make the show. <laughs> all right, they make the show. Yes, yes. Um, 
we did that one. How many revolvers can Revolver Ocelot stash in his stash cash? cash? How many revolvers can Revolver Ocelot stash in his stash cash? Well, awesome. uh, all of them. All of them. You know what? Let's be real. He can stash more than he really carries. He likes mm-hmm. to stick with, what, two or three? I think he's always got like a third. He's got he a get third. the one behind his back for some yep. stupid reason. And let's all forget Revolver also had a very cool Metal Gear Solid character, but let us not forget a Metal Gear Solid 3 is his little yeah, ocelot. Meow. He's a silly, ridiculous man. Because he, he's, he's meowing like an ocelot. He's a great, he's just, he's great, but he's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so, so the answer to the question? All of yeah, them. three. All he could, no, he could eat three. <laughs> three, okay, three. That's what we're crossing all of them from Steven. Um... I have no idea. <laughs> Say 17. Whoa, that's, um, a that's a lot, dude. All right. That was good. Uh, well, I guess we should wrap it up. Um, this has been a blast, guys. Thank you so very, very much for coming on and making it a Monster of the Week chomp chain podcast <laughs> hybrid. Thank you for having us on, uh, Vader. I'm sorry that we yeah, talked about Neo I, I for three hours. And thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not sorry. I love Neo. I can't get over how much I enjoyed that game. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, just just think of how much uh, Lost Panda likes Maria and then just detach it. I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just thinking that. <laughs> so you really like Neo. Um, you just want it to step on your face. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well, let you turning. Okay. Chris, where can we find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me at Local Bones on Twitter, and I do the Chomp Chain podcast, uh, which is a, a, like a way less organized version of this in some ways. Um, <laughs> and um, Stephen and I do Monster of the Week, which is a supernatural podcast. I don't know why we're doing it, but we're doing it. Yep, we're doing it. It's good. It's, I, I Full full um, endorsement from me. It gets a dark, dark insight, a tick of approval. Both yes. podcasts are great. Um, uh, not that it means much. <laughs> um, but but that, that aside, uh, Chomp Chain is a blast. It's lots of fun to, to listen to the banter. It's uh, much very different to Dark Insight. In fact, uh, both me, Cliff, Josh, and Jeremy are, are recent friends and have never met. Whereas the Chomp Chain, uh, the banter that comes from you guys from knowing each other for so long and the ability to bounce off each other is very unique mm-hmm. and it is a charm and... Uh, I guess a uh, very uh, positive, that's what I was looking for, a positive thing for the podcast. So I highly recommend it. And then Monster of the Week, uh, Monster of the Week, Monster of the Week. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't watched much of Supernatural. I have watched it from time to time. And despite not knowing the episodes as well as you three do, is uh, is, is spectacular. It's fun. Uh, I, I feel like I've seen the shows, the way you guys describe them and the um, oh. The jokes and the and the I don't know if it's is, good if you if you've seen them based off of our description of. The, of the I think no, I think we do a great job. Thank you for your incredibly kind words, Vader. Thank you. Yes, um, thank you. And, and Stephen, where can we find you? Uh, I am well, at you, from. You've already got half of the credit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, uh, say it again. I interrupted. Go. Oh, <laughs> uh, I am at from Soft Junkie on Twitter, and actually, um, I'm going to be starting a new podcast uh, within the next month or two with uh, Mr. Richard. I'm not going to say what it's about, but it's, it's specifically, but it will be about video games. Probably about human souls. Nope, we we specifically said that that doesn't come up. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I doubt it. These two, just for those who don't know, these two argue about Demon Souls all the time. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'll be surprised, but I already give it a, a tick of approval because both of you are top lads and I enjoy listening to you both discuss anything. So I am looking forward to that very much. So, so, so yeah, um, thank- and yes, me. Me, I should say who I am. I'm Vader. Um, it's Charles Turner's, um, not Turner's, Turner. Turner. <laughs> me. Uh, I'm tired, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm on Vader Van Odin on anything. Um, a little uh, plug for myself. Um, me and Odin have been working on our own website. So we have our own corner of the interwebs uh, to call home. Uh, it's VaderVanOden.com. Uh, so you can please go have a look. Tell us it's bad and we will try and improve it. Um, and we'll be doing running a small little blog through there as part of our YouTube uh, stuff. Very cool. Um, so that's me. Uh, this has been the Dark Insight episode 47. <laughs> and remember, it's not insight unless it's Dark Insight. Is that good to end it? Everyone happy? Right on. Yeah. Right on. I hope that we... Oh. I, I feel like I was just like... I'm generally the person who's derailing Monster of the Week, so it's just... Really? Well, here's the thing. You never really get derailed, except for that one time in which you derailed us. I just full-on... I just kept posting pictures in the Discord chat, and it was just... on Twitter. Yeah, and then on Twitter while we were still recording. So at first it was just distracting Jeremy, and then suddenly Steven noticed the chat and how many things we had posted in it. I promise I won't do any of that tonight. I'll be a good boy. The funny thing is, is I don't think you're a good boy. I don't think it comes through in the in the final episode. But it just sounds like we don't have a whole lot to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I won't. Well, I had been drinking a little bit that night. I was having a little bit too much fun. Okay. Yeah. No, I thought it was hilarious. I enjoyed it. I thought I was going to have one beer and just be normal. And that's when that's Jeremy seven. was like, "Oh, I got some of those uh, craft beers that my wife has in the fridge. Let me go get one." I was like, "Well, if Jeremy's drinking, I might as well have a few more." <laughs> <laughs> I drank them very fast, and then it was just. We haven't even started, and that that could be if that could be the title. One of Jeremy's. <laughs> <laughs>